Hello, fellow homebrewers. JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brew Built X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brew Built Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full two inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brew Built line of options and add ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brew Built X1 Conical Uni Tanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brew Built Conicals. You can trust Brew Built with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brew Built at morebeer.com. Get ready for an all-new experience in information exchange and beer culture. Your only source source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers from around the globe right to your home. You're not just listening to broadcasters. It's the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. time that intro is ever heard. Wow. I feel privileged and a little scared. We're quitting. <laughs> Are we? I'm out of here. I'm sick of it. Dude, I wish you would have t- okay, told me that. I figure we ought to do it on the air. I'm sick of all the bitching about saying words like bitching. <laughs> we can say tubular instead of bitching. You know, I'm just tired of it. We're out of here. Take a nap. Merry Christmas. Jerks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got a new intro coming. I'm hoping for the new year. That's all. We're not going anywhere, folks. <laughs> you guys can keep on bitching. What would you do if we left? Who would you bitch at? It's who oh, would I'm you sure complain to? Somebody. <laughs> all you single guys out there, who would you bitch to? What other talentless hack will you abuse? There you go. You know, we're going to be around. Might be making some changes, though. There's going to be some changes around here. Some changes. Welcome to the last show of the year, everybody. we got a good show planned for you. Today. This show is uh, unbelievable. Sorry about the whole uh, 4.30 mix-up. Uh, <laughs> we tried. Uh, but Doc was late. Uh, I was running behind on things. Bevo couldn't log into the chat room. Uh, Shat fucked up all the beer. And I and all of you who don't like the word fuck, you better appreciate it when I say it in terms of fucking up the beer. Who what is Schumann on his way to get uh, CO2 right now? Yeah. Did you Schumann. complain about the F word? Yeah, they do. Yeah, you don't read really? the forum enough, do you? Oh. Only the stuff that pertains to me, because that's oh. all I care hey, about. Hey, that's what I do. High five. Yes. It's like every six <laughs> weeks now, I think, start talking about my potty mouth and J- you, buddy. JP's locker room humor. Jock straps. Nobody ever really complains about Doc, though. <laughs> no. <laughs> nah. Doc can do no wrong. It's always yeah. entertaining. Doc's pretty much the man. 
Works for me. Uh, before I get into all that, I suppose I should tell you what today's show is. We like to start with that. Uh, this is this. The, today's show is a lot of things. Uh, little of this, little of that. Yeah. Well, we've got Upstream Brewing on the show with us. And, oh, nice. Uh, yeah. Real excited about that, and so is everybody else. Actually, one of these. This is one of the guys uh, that people have wanted us to get on the show for some time now. So. He's on the show. He's excited to be on the show. And we're not just talking brewing with him today. We're going to talk about distilling, too, which we've never really oh, done. Really? We have never done a distilling show. No, never. Now, this isn't like the official distilling show, but they're a distiller as well. So we're, we're certainly going to talk about that and, and, and how he does it and the, and the things that they're putting out. And um, Doc's going to help us out with that because uh, he knows about these things yes. from med school or something. I don't something. know. I don't know how he knows about <laughs> it, but he knows. Learn it on the Internet. Yeah. <laughs> he figured it all out on the net. So uh, that's going to be great. Cool. And then, of course, um, you know. Being our holiday show and the last show of the year, right. the, the the latter portion of the show is the official A Very Stripper Christmas. Nice. With none other than Bevo, your chat moderator. She will be christening our stripper pole tonight. She's already cleaning it yeah. off. And there's a surprise stripper as well. Whoa. Which, uh, dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun. Only me, Bevo, and the surprise stripper. Know about the surprise stripper. If it's Biscuit, I'm gonna, I'm leaving. No, Biscuit, uh, she's a lady. <laughs> she's not a whore. Bevo, <laughs> uh, hey. Bevo, on the other hand. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> she looks very reluctant. Nah, she doesn't. Yeah. She doesn't have a choice. It's funny how this went I really because, don't. Uh, and that's the look on her face too. I don't have a choice. It kind of went like this. Uh, well, now that you guys have the stripper pole, you know who's going to christen it? Well, you are, Bevo. No, I'm not. Yeah, you are. <laughs> and she argued, and eventually, after just like a few days of this discussion and it going like that, eventually she just kind of realized that she is, yeah. <laughs> and the argument stopped. So today, Bevo will be uh, on the poll for a very stripper Christmas, which is pretty much makes Sam a really lucky guy, because oh. to have to have yeah. a woman just stop arguing and accept whatever the man says, right, is a beautiful thing. Yeah. The unlucky part of Sam's life is that he will be locked out of the studio when Bebo does his trip. He's not allowed in. In fact, I had this conversation with him the other day. He said, what are you talking about? Is he here? He's not even here now. He's asleep at my house. Let me tell you something. I don't know who you're getting married to. I mean, Sam is one of uh, my favorite people on earth, but what's with that guy lately? He's drunk all the time, and if he's not drunk, he's passed out somewhere. Well, he's Uh, getting married soon. (laughs) <laughs> it's like his last days of freedom. Is that yeah. what's happening? Yeah. Overcompensating. I mean, every time I see him, which is, is not very often, uh, he's either uh, drunk, mm-hmm. passed out, or he's got a video game controller in his hand. <laughs> or on his way to. I don't think the kid does things. anything else. He doesn't. This is your life. I know. <laughs> okay. As long as you know and are willing to accept this. I've established that I'm the sole money maker. In our oh, yeah. soon-to-be family. You can be so, sure of that. You know how much know. money you can make on the stripper pole? Exactly. I got those 25 crisp dollars staring me right in the face. There you go. Fritz, the All you gotta crisp do is earn dollars are still waiting here. Pop. For, uh, All you got to yeah. do is yeah. going to have to divvy them up a little bit between you and our surprise stripper, though. So, uh, You know what's going to be awesome? Hope you guys Dude, I will wrestle... That yeah. person. I hope you guys don't have a cat fight. <laughs> Chick wrestling. Kind I will of, win. Kind of hope you do have a cat fight. Actually, <laughs> Bebo's gonna do be doing her dance around the pole, her head just hanging low, yeah, eyes droopy, just shoulders hunched over. I don't want to be here. 
Just walking <laughs> around the pole doing like, this whole thing. My, I was thinking, like, my stomach was hurting. I can't even express to you how little I want to do this. Did you go to church this morning? I did go to church Good this girl. Morning. Then everything's tomorrow. fine. Yeah, it's fine. That was your... Shut up, I hate you. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. <laughs> we got to move on. Anyway, I think Zach's supposed to be on, what, at 5, huh? That ain't going to happen. But as close to 5 as I can possibly get, Zach. Uh, hang in there. I've got a few things we got to get through. We were supposed to start, you know, 20 minutes. <laughs> All right, so that's the show for today, and a lot of other stuff going on. Uh, we got Sean Paxton hanging out. This is in the studio today. It was kind of cool, and right. brought us a very special beer that we'll be tasting uh, later on in the show. Nice. We might be tasting it all through the show, but we're going to talk about it. I got to wait till I, uh, we'll do it uh, post Zach, but pre stripper is what we'll Perfect. do. Perfect. Yeah, I think that's a good time to, to talk about. Ten point two percent will be. Uh, that's a pre stripper beer if I've ever heard one. Yeah. So we'll be doing that. Um, the 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 second annual Brewing Network Awards were supposed to take place during today's show, but for several reasons, we're going to wait until our first show back in January. I think it's good. Yeah. Well, I'm leaving. Here's what happened. Not only is the show pretty full tonight, but I didn't. You know, last year's BNAs weren't so difficult because we had about half the listeners as we do now. So. There was less material to sift through to figure out who got these things. Yeah. I started looking at the awards and realized we got a lot of contributions this year from a lot of different people. It's true, man. And so for me to really do justice, I gotta, I'm going to have to put some more time in it. So this gives me a couple weeks. It gives us our break, and we'll come back with a strong show. Chat's uh, already got some, some great shows planned for January, but we'll do the BNAs in our, in our first one back. So it's kind of fitting too. You never know what could happen during the last show of the year, right? So if it's for the if if it's the 2007 BNAs, we don't want to exclude. Especially uh, consider this: the last couple weeks have had some real strong shows (laughs) for uh, drunk of the year in nowhere in particular. It's like right before the Oscars when all the all the. Good movies come out right. right at the end. It's a lot like, yeah, exactly. And like Sweeps Week on uh, television and radio. Yeah. You know, you put if, your... If last week's Drunk of the Week wasn't, wasn't didn't embody Sweeps Week for the radio, <laughs> yeah. uh, we're all doomed for entertainment. Yeah. Although people complained about that. Yeah, but, you know, most people, people complain didn't. about anything. No, most people did not complain. Exactly. Most people realize... I, look at. In fact, for those of you who didn't realize it, let me inform you. That's good radio. <laughs> I don't know what you're listening to. Actually, I do know what you're listening to. I, I feel sorry for you. That was good radio. You know, that man... If it was contrived, it would have been bad and I wouldn't have liked it. But it wasn't. It was just... No. He it, willingly... It was just there. It was so natural. Effortlessly <laughs> lost his groceries on the air. Yeah. And then... I could just see it off the porch, too. Yeah, you could see... Exactly. And then yelled out, like, be an army for life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't care who you are. Yeah, as his lunch is steaming on his front porch. Was I not that's here last radio. week? Like I don't remember. You left, you left early. Oh, that's right. And okay. you missed a good. Oh, you missed. Oh. Do you have a replay? Yeah. yeah. I don't. Oh. oh. But I will. All you, right. What good. are you talking about? Fear not. You will have a replay. Okay. All right. We actually before a stripper Christmas later on might have to take an extended break to get a few things ready. Mm-hmm. I might be able to cut it up then. That'd and, be cool. And have it for the end of the show. That's a soundbite we got to play all the time. 
Especially, life, life. especially for those, especially for those douches out there who are like, that is awful. How can yeah. you play that? Well, guess what? It's going to be in every archive you ever hear <laughs> because it's just a great. No, it's going to be at the beginning. It could be at the end. <laughs> yeah, we're doing that at random. Yeah. In fact, I'm going to wait until uh, our interview is giving the most profound answer of the entire interview. He's giving you the information you really want. Yeah. It's right then that I'm going to hit the puke button. How you can find Cascade Hop for cheap. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's gonna happen. That's horrible. Yeah, that's what I that's how I feel about those things right now. Uh, what else happening? So BNA's January, so hang in right. there for that, uh, and, and it'll be well worth the wait. Uh, I've got some good ideas for producing that show, so it's gonna be good. Uh, again, the donation page is up, and thank you so much. You guys been hitting that donation button. Uh, you're getting us through to January. I'm gonna tell you right now. So thank you for doing that, everybody. And uh, something that people have been waiting for. For like a year, maybe even more, uh, Brewing Network hoodies now in the store. Oh, They're there right now. Go check it out. Give it a look and BN checking it out. BN you know, hoodies. <laughs> I need to buy one. I, I will. S- all of your heads just turn to like the merchandise the merch area. Yeah. Check it out. Yeah. <laughs> merch closet. Yeah. Uh, they're the BN Army. They look just like our black T-shirts, but they're black hoodies. And and then the BN Army that's on the back of the the T-shirts is on the bottom of the hoodies, so that the hoodie doesn't cover it. You know. Uh, for Doc and a few others out there, uh. I do not have mediums yet. Doc, so you're on the next order. I like large. You do on the hoodie? Okay, good. If if their hoodies are, are like the the material that I'm thinking of, the large will fit him just fine. Okay, because yeah. he's just a little guy. He is yeah. just a little guy, but um, the large will you know help him look a little bulkier. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, not a bad thing. A little muscular. So you only have large? Uh, I, what I have is double uh, X, XL, and large. Now I ordered the most. Uh, the thing is, hoodies are expensive, man. Yeah, they are. They are not like buying T-shirts, so I had to fork out a bunch of dough for these things. So I bought mostly extra large and large because that's what people buy. I knew I couldn't deal with the bitching about not getting a couple of double sizes, so I got a limited amount of the double X's. I did not go bigger than that. Four so, X. Yeah, I didn't go giant dude. Ten X. I apologize, giant dudes, but <laughs> there's a I lot of money. I apologize, giant dudes. <laughs> uh, that's yeah. just, if th- it's an issue, buy three and sew them together. I mean, like, like, I'm thinking you know. if, if, as this first batch sells out, and let me tell you, it's gonna sell out pretty quick, get in there. Um, then I can afford to go back and get the oddball sizes. I could just, you know, I gotta go for the ones that are gonna, that I'm gonna get rid of so that, that I could pay that bill right. for those stupid things. Um, so go to the store right now, you got double X, a few of them, and then XLs and larges, and they're, they're kick ass. Shaddy has one already. So. <laughs> what's with you? Y'all pissed off, chat? Uh, I'm not he's, feeling too good. He's texting. I think I'm starting to get a cold. you kind of been a dick all day. <sighs> oh, brewing all day. Yeah, well, that, you should stressing, be happy about brewing, that. Brewing, uh, stressing. Just, I'm not feeling good. Just feeling run down. Yeah. Time for a beer. Long brew day yesterday, too, with McDole. Just tired. You need a beer or something. Like earlier, Shat's messing around. Like one of our outlets went out when we use Outback for the pump and everything. So he's trying to figure out what's happening. And he, so he's flipping, he's tripping the... The breaker. Yeah. And the... Jack off trips the one that's in here, so kills everything. All the computers go down. The stream goes down. There's a bunch of people listening. I can see. Nice goes job, down. shit. And I yell at him, but in a nice way. Like I was like, you know, you dick. I wasn't really. But he was like, uh, he, all he had to say was, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's going on around here? I mean, you don't care. Yeah. I told him, I was like, there's a bunch of pissed off listeners right now because you just killed like right in the middle of an archive. You know what he said about you listeners? He said, I don't care. They'll get over it. <laughs> that's what he said. Yeah, it's a rare form for shit. Yeah, just not feeling good. Sorry. 
Take something, man. I think Chad should wear my outfit and dance on the pole. It'll make him feel better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll make me feel any Yeah, better. it'll make us feel sick. Watching you might make me feel better. <laughs> mm. Except my outfit is basically the equivalent of a bra. <laughs> you know what I hadn't thought of? Um... You know, strippers also give lap dancing. Yeah, no. Oh. <laughs> but what about for Shad? He's no. Not... I got I got a Why bunch of 20s, too. Why don't you give him too. a lap dance? Yeah. <laughs> you buy your like... friends some lap dances? <laughs> <laughs> you get a lot more for lap dances, you know. You get like 20 bucks. You get 20 bucks. Sometimes a four. I've paid 40 for a lap dance. Shh, and again, shut up. 20. I hate you. It's 20. <laughs> 20, I get it. It's not that cheap. You might No, do but it. I don't have enough. <laughs> I got 20. Uh, all right, so check out the store. Oh, oh, you know what else I put in the store this week, which is, I'm, I'm glad I just remembered this, is uh, you can now buy AHA memberships through the Brewing Network. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome, dude. And uh, that's another thing we've been trying to work out uh, with the AHA for some time. If you go to the store, there's a, a, a memberships tab in the mm-hmm. store, and you can buy from us. And it's the same price as buying it from the AHA, but we get a kickback for it. And also, I mean, it shows the AHA, obviously, that the BN Army is strong and, and out in We're out force, there. you know? So it shows all that, and uh, you get it for the same price. And they're in this gift card form. So uh, you could buy it for me for a friend of yours. You don't have to register your information with me. I send you a gift card. You give it to whoever you want. They take the number off of that card. They, they go online. You, you punch the number in. You see what I mean? So you could buy one for yourself. You could buy one for your buddies, uh, all this stuff. And it's a great way to support uh, the American Homebrewers Association, That's good. which uh, is, is there for you guys and putting on events for you guys, like the National Homebrewers Conference in June right. and uh, Zymergy Magazine. You automatically get that sent to you each issue, uh, all for signing up, and it's thirty-eight bucks, which is uh, thirty-eight bucks a year. It's really not bad. Plus, they got a whole pub discount program. If you drink as much as I do, you make that thirty-eight bucks back quick. You know what I'm saying? You go, they, you get like I don't know what it is, fifteen percent off at pubs or something like that. I, I don't know. Um, so check it out. All in the store. Lots of good stuff to buy. All right. As usual, send all your show ideas, chad at thebrewingnetwork.com. They all go to Chad now, chad at thebrewingnetwork.com. And when he's not feeling grumpy, he'll send you back a nice email and say thank you for the idea. But when he's grumpy, he'll say, I don't care. Hey, by the way, my brew was awesome today. Yeah? So I do feel good about that. Well, I don't see what you're Just not this cold. Grumpy about that. Where'd you brew? Uh, The Belgian Pale. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Munich Helles, Dr. Scott. Wow. Yeah. What did Mike McDowell tell you to brew? <laughs> I told him to brew a Helles. Yeah. Is, uh, so you, it's time so, to move on. Yeah. So so Chad brewed a Helles. That means that Mike McDowell's been brewing Helles for a couple weeks now, That's right? true. Must be. And it went well, huh? Great. You hit, hit your numbers? Everything. Yep. Why don't you tell Doc about it? What did you mash at? Uh, 150. Okay. Uh, about an hour. Uh, Research for about 15 minutes. Sparge for about 90 minutes. And uh, yeah, hit my gravity. So. What, what was your What was your OG? Ten forty four. Ten forty four, huh? What do you think about that, Doug? Ten forty four. Sorry, I was talking Stephanie. I know that's why I'm repeating. I think it's it a little you. on the low side, but that's what my recipe called for. Hmm. Pro mash. What's your OG on your Hellas usually? Uh, about ten forty nine ish. A little higher, huh? Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's finish out a little drier. And what are you going to ferment at right now? Uh, Fifty. Yeah. Gotcha. That's the issue he was having with the outlet, too, because our chest freezer's right next to our, that outlet. That pissed me off. Doc will be able to fix it. <laughs> I can fix that. <laughs> it's Doc's. we got to get him a shirt that just says, I can fix that. 
Ah, uh, okay. Broken light bulbs are a little tough, but I've done it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. You guys notice the new lighting in the studio? Yeah. We got stripper lighting going on uh, for later. I hate you. The disco ball's not up yet, but Schumann's working on it. So, uh, And those of you who think uh, that this is all going to be unradio friendly, don't worry. You're going to get yeah. some pictures. Hey, Chad, do you see how Schumann's fixing not only the beer situation, but the, the disco ball situation? Careful, buddy. You're going to be drinking my beer when he comes back with that CO2, <laughs> and you may not get some. Oh, no. I don't think anyone's allowed to mess with Chad tonight. Yeah. tonight my, remember the email we got? There were people, <laughs> someone was worried that Chat was going to blow up one day. Uh, and and, 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 and this they, is the day? Yeah, and they were mostly worried that he was going to blow up on you, JD. Yeah. Today might be that day. It would be awesome if he just came at me all fists and elbows. Yeah. <laughs> don't have the energy for that. Huh. but I bet Chad has retard strength. I gotta do feedback. Oh my God. You've got mail. Kick ass. I really got a ton of feedback because of that stupid thread in the forum. That was a big thread. I almost stopped reading it because it's like too long. Shit, you want to let Zach know we're going to be a few minutes? Or? Sure. All right. I appreciate that. Just because I, I really got to do this. Uh, a lot of people had things to say about all sorts of stuff. Um, Here's a cool guy. He actually addressed this to me and Chad, so uh, that was kind of nice for you, Shet. I uh, said, I want to say thank you to both of you and the staff uh, for the shortage show that we did a couple weeks ago. I'm on dial-up, and downloading this show is quite a commitment, but this episode was completely worth that time. It's one of the most informative and relevant shows you've ever engineered. There were business aspects about this shortage that were brought to light that I hadn't considered. Quite frankly, it makes the price increase easier to swallow, knowing that these farmers weren't being paid livable wages. Hey, Doc, I said swallow. Uh, for their time, that's what he wrote that for you, Doc. Uh, for their time and efforts. And honestly, four to five bucks more per batch won't hurt, it, hurt any of us home brewers. At most, uh, maybe it'd be two less batches per year if we're unable to bear the increase. Seems like little to pay to know that I'm not swindling somebody of their livelihood. It would be interesting to have both of those gentlemen back, which was, um, Ralph and Ian, of course, uh, the next time, uh, this time next year to, uh, find out about how it's going and, and what we could expect then for 2009. Thanks again and happy holidays. Prost from Al. So that's good. Everyone liked that show. You know, that was a good show. I bet the pros even liked that show and answered a bunch of questions. I think everybody's wondering, you know, what the hell's going on? You know, they hear little bits and pieces here and there, but yeah. You know, now we got it out there. And, hey, Sully. And we got it in just under the wire because uh, PYO Magazine just put a big thing out for that. Oh, they did? did we, oh, we beat them? Yeah. We scooped them? Yep, we scooped them. Bet your ass we did. Not that I don't love BYO, but I like scooping people. Uh, all right. Here's a good question from a listener. Hey, whatever happened to tasting a commercial beer during the Sunday session? Oh, yeah. Says, I think that was a nice part of the show. Maybe it was just me and was wondering if you ever plan to do it again. I think it's a great way for us palate newbies to learn the tasting process and to learn what it is that we're tasting. Love the show. Thanks for the info and entertainment. That's from Larry, a.k.a. Bennington Brewer. Yeah, you know, we have a love-hate relationship with the commercial tastings. It's hard to find beers. Is that with the commercial brewers? Yes, we have a love-hate relationship with commercial brewers. (laughs) Like, for example, yesterday I really liked Sully. Today, we'll see. You're already pissing me off. (laughs) No, because the tastings are weird. Uh, It's hard to find beers that everybody can get. 
Um, and I, we never had somebody officially in charge of it, which is really what I needed because what was happening is we were getting these kind of not so tasty beers in here and, and our notes weren't very good and it just wasn't going that well. Um, I'm going to try to bring it back in the new year. So, cause it was a, it was educational, doc. When we did good tastings, they were great segments. When we did bad tastings, it was really bad radio. Yeah, it felt like we threw it together at the last minute. Let's get some of this, and yeah. Sometimes the beer we actually had was it, it wasn't in good shape. Yeah, like did somebody brought in Corona for our tasting <laughs> once? <laughs> didn't Chicken Boy bring that? And didn't do that? Isn't that John? Yeah, I think so. I think it was. Uh, I was like. I don't know. But we did it just to have it. To, anyway, so it was that kind of thing happening that kind of put us off on the commercial tastings. I, I'm going to try to bring it back for the new year. i got to put someone in charge of it, though. So we'll see. Maybe maybe we'll put Bevo in charge of it. She's getting quite the palate, this one. Oh, wait. Whoa, whoa. IPAs and stuff. <laughs> what are you guys doing over there? He almost, uh, he almost sat on me. Sully's in the studio. Yeah, I saw a 20 come out, though. <laughs> Sully doesn't want to share a mic with me anymore. No. Chair's warm. You guys are knocking heads. There hasn't been this many people in the stupid studio. Stupid. stupid. In hey. so long, but you throw a stripper pole in there and everybody shows up. Well, stripper pole, but it's mainly the stripper. Yeah. Hey, Sean. Which is you. Can we share a microphone? No. Hey, I got uh, I got uh, ang- uh, one from Angry JP. <laughs> How angry is You he? got that, did you? My, my uh, internet was down. I wasn't sure you got it. It's kind of a repeat of an old one, though. It's the same old thing. What he is saying, though... Isn't that always with JP? Yeah. yeah. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. He's talking about... He's kind of talking about that thread in the form about our 13-year-old humor. So he's saying sarcastically, what I need is more jokes whenever someone mentions sack, pole, bag, nut, tool, wood, hole, plug, bunghole, dip to... Dip tube, blowhard, load, happy ending, shot, shoot it back, lube, meat, dick, walk-in cooter, rock candy, pull, douchebag, head, sticky ass, pickle cans, blow off foot, blood and puke, rubber coated pipe, nipple and rod. Wow, walk-in cooter, now that's a long one. That was like a year and a half ago. Yeah, I, I, I was thinking about that like yesterday for some reason. Really? And I just started laughing. <laughs> I was just thinking about it, I just started laughing for no reason. Because you have the humor of a 13-year-old doc, well, apparently. Jamil yeah, but I got the memory of an cooler. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, so that was one from Angry JP. Another guy uh, in regards to the thread in the forum says... Uh, I, oh, do I just do it as it is? I fucking wanted to post Whoa. and tell the guy whining about the F-bomb to screw. I didn't ever get an email, so I can validate my account, though. <laughs> so I couldn't uh, <laughs> post in the forum. Uh, anyway, you guys rock. I really enjoy the show. I drive a long way without cell service and radio service. The only way I make it is to listen to you guys. I guess it helps my beer, too. Anyway, keep up the good work. <laughs> and if you start acting like pansy asses and stop cussing, I'll effing quit listening. J-Rod. Oh. Well, there it goes. We can't stop then. You said Rod. <laughs> Another guy uh, sitting at home drinking his 10.5% homebrewed double IPA. Mm, that sounds delicious. Said he's been meaning to write for a while, but um, he hadn't, and now he figures he has enough liquid courage. Um, and he signed up for donations, and he says he's going to pull rank. He wants all of you uh, <laughs> privates to eat shit and drop and give him 20. <laughs> <laughs> privates. <Yeah. laughs> 
He goes on to say <laughs> that every time I order from B3 or Northern Brewer, and most recently DIY Brewing, which, by the way, you all should be checking out DIY Brewing, um, one of our newest sponsors and a cool gentleman, uh, and he's got an online homebrew store. Anyway, he says, when I order, I mentioned that I heard them on your shows. Northern Good. Brewer, in particular, was very glad to hear the plug about it. So he says, to my comrades in the Army, make sure you tell them that you heard him here, as the general tells us to do every week. Um, Those guys in Northern Brew are really nice people. They are good dudes. I like them a lot. They're funny, too. They're Those, so hilarious. They have that weird Midwest humor that's kind of off. Yeah. And it's it's hilarious. But those commercials that we run for them, yeah. they write them. We're not writing them. We're producing them for them. Yeah. But they're writing that stuff. They're funny dudes, man. Yeah. Creative. Uh, anyway. Uh, anyway, looking forward to a very stripper Christmas. Go Bevo, he says. <laughs> I can't ah. wait for the approved stills. And then that's he goes, you. ah, baby. Yeah. I actually said go Bevo. Yeah, yeah, it's it's true. All right. I'm telling you, I got a lot of stuff, man. I've not had a chance to listen to the full show last weekend, but what I did hear helped. That was our um, Build Your Dream Brewery okay. show last week, Doc. Doc couldn't remember. Yeah. It. yeah. I can't remember one week from the next. After my brewing session last night, I started to think on how I can improve what I have. So I added a copper split line for my water system, for my filter, and now my chiller. Wow. And now I don't have to chill using filtered water. As a disclaimer, uh, if anyone, if any listener has not used a torch or done any type of high temp brazing, they should either learn or have someone teach them. It's not something that should be done on a whim, and we don't want anyone to go to the hospital. Practice, baby, practice. Yeah, thanks again. Kind of redundant. It's from Pete Dink. Should learn or have somebody teach them. A bit. Yeah. Well, learn yourself. I think is what you can learn yourself. Isn't all of a sudden Bevo's the grammar police? (laughs) Doesn't that what means the thing to do yourself? Yes. You said do yourself. Uh, man, there's, uh, this one, Justin, you know talent hack. I've been a listener for a few years now and love the show, but... You said but. Around the GABF, I felt that there was a paradigm shift in the world of the BN and that this is the, um, the sniff of acceptance from those that matter that we now had to be on our best behavior. No more profanities in the chat, the no cursing show, and an open acknowledgement for your sponsors and concerns about the way the BN is perceived by the commercial puppeteers. How wrong was I, he says. Listening to the show and the state of the hop and grain crisis, I thought those interviews went so well. So well, in fact, that I thought I was the douche for a change. Had I grown up and lost my love for toilet humor? Or was I so interested in your guest comments that I had forgotten my childish ways? Anyway, I was listening to the podcast of the show and then realized it was in two parts. The second part put a smile back on my face when you proclaimed that you had great sponsors that hadn't complained about the way you run the show and you're not going to mess with the way it's been going. And then to top it off, that coat hanger abortion comment sealed the deal. The show was great. I'm able to listen live on the 16th, which is today, so he should be out there and looking forward to the show, the stripper poll, uh, awards and all. And he's going to be drinking the whole time. I think we're all looking forward to everything. Yeah. All right, what do I got? Two more. Speak for yourself. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Uh, here's just a thanks. Uh, he said a bunch of stuff, a bunch of nice stuff. Then he says, so to you, JP, Doc, Shat, Jamil, Sully, Stephanie, Bevo, the sweet guests, Bub, and all the others that help make the BN the BN, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Take care, and we'll see you douchebags next year. How'd Bub get crowbarred in there? I don't know. That's from DJ he wrote Santa. It. <laughs> 
And okay, so that's that. That's your that's your feedback. Um, I gotta cover that thread in the forum just real briefly. You know, everyone's talking about the content and stuff, and I don't know. You guys go back and forth so often that I, I'm not gonna do anything about it. The one thing I did agree with though, and I try mention this on the show a long time ago too. I think I was in a bad mood one night, and I started yelling at everybody for there being too much testosterone in here or something to that effect. Yeah, and it is. It's the it's the he said poll. He said. Stiff, he said. Like, you, you, you meant that? <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, off, off the air, yeah, I do it all the time. It's funny, but, and I don't mind it being done on the air. Actually, Bevo does it more than anybody. Uh, she doesn't do it on the show, but in real life, she, like, this girl is always the he said stiff girl or he said pole. She does that shit all the time. Oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> uh, but if it is every other word, it's sort of annoying. Like, it annoys me too. Like, JP, you're funnier than that. That's easy humor. You know what I mean? You're smarter than that. Just trying to do it every other word. Then. You said easy. I was just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> so I've decided that I'm going to fine you and Doc this this program. What? From here on, for every time you, you laterally, guys... you just decided this? Yes. <laughs> I've decided. This is a dictatorship. Yeah. Yes. Very much so. As, well, I t- as I tell my staff, this is not a democracy. You can, you can, you can. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's absolutely you right. You said staff. <laughs> You can blame it on those, uh, you know, whiny children in the forum that don't like, you know. Are you serious? Yeah. Every time on this program that one of you says, he said whatever, you'll have to dance on the pole. From here on. So I've, I've already started it, right? This moment. <laughs> he said. <laughs> that, uh, so I've now, I've now been reduced to being like the FCC. Oh boy. You know? I gotta be like the Bill Cosby of comedy now. Only, only highbrow comedy guys. Okay. What if you talk about like pudding puffs? <laughs> Can we bait them? And Jello. Yeah, absolutely. To start saying, you know, I was in the brewery and I was using the sample cock and pouring a sample out. Yeah. And then I looked over my shoulder and I uh, the uh, saw the, a big the, penis. The bung in the in the firkin was coming out, and yeah. I decided I better uh, pop that thing. Yeah. Before I lose my uh, pole. <laughs> Guys, you're just look at these guys. Yeah. They're just sweating right now. Yeah. He can't even hold back. <laughs> you're, tight, you're tightening my no, jaws. You're firing them too fast. I can't. <laughs> so you know what it's going to be? It's going to be quivering. All, it's going to be all dead air and giggles this show. Yeah. So I'm telling you, you can thank the whiners because how that's long a, of, how long what of a you're going to get in place of he said whatever is dead air and giggles. How long of a dance? Because some might be worth it if it's like a 10 second dance. Well, once around the pole. Enough that I en- enough that I put a- well. I'll tell you what we'll do. Um, we'll add them up oh, throughout the show, and then so each oh at the end of the show. Yeah, every every one is a quarter of a song. Oh, isn't there a stripper's God. code you were talking about? <laughs> stripper's there code. is. We'll go over that later yeah. during the stripper portion. I think it should program. apply to them. Don't wear also. the used panties. I think is what it is. <laughs> so tell there you, you go. If I get tagged and I gotta hit the pole, I'm doing it naked and I'll <laughs> dance as long as you need me. Dark's Probably wow. upside down. Man up. Be yeah. careful what you say. If I gotta hit the pole, I'm doing it naked. Doc's ready. Hey, is that cool? Was he cool, chat? Uh, yeah? You sure? Alright. You got a hold of him? You didn't even. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even get a hold of him. Okay. Alright. Can we make chat um, uh, in charge of counting up the tallies? Because he'll forget by the end of the show, and it'll just be like it never happened. I think that uh, 
Sully should be in charge. Oh come on, of it because really? he's in the middle of it too. Because it and it well it buzzes in his ear when it happens too. I know this, so he'll hear it most often. Uh, I'll do it as much as I can, and we'll compare notes at the end of okay. the program. So Sully's going to need a there's a pen. There I'm going to need a pad and a paper, and a little piece of paper, and, and we'll make that happen. Okay. So this is real. All right, all right. <laughs> can we get a free one? Uh, Can we get it out of our system for the next five minutes? Yeah, no, you guys did at the beginning already. You did a couple. Of, like, whatever. You've been on the show on the air for thirty minutes. You've already done it like ten times. So, so we gotta have a free one. <laughs> I see angry posts coming out of both of you in the forum this week. All right, I got the pen ready. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, you are. All right. Uh, Poll. I'm gonna. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get us to break uh, so that we can. Uh, Get Zach from Upstream on the line here. And we got a great interview coming up. We're going to talk beer and distilling with Zach from Upstream Brewing Company. So stick with us. Lots to do tonight. We'll be right back. It's the Brewcasters. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Uh, Jamil John Palmer book, Brewing Classic Styles. If you've been waiting to get your autographed copy, that's it. They're out. They're gone. Did you miss your chance for a signed copy of Brewing Classic Styles? Well, this holiday season, the Homebrew Book of the Year meets the Homebrew Book of the Decade. And they're both signed. That's right. Brewing Classic Styles by Jamil Zanishev and John Palmer and How to Brew by John Palmer are available for a very limited time this Christmas in the Brewing Network store. How to Brew is the book for first-time brewers and brewing veterans alike. Brewing Classic Styles is your recipe roadmap to a award-winning beer with specifics on every beer style in the BJCP guidelines. This limited package is now the only way to buy a signed copy of these legendary home brewing Bibles. Get your package before this offer runs out only at the Brewing Network store, your home brewing home for the holidays. Grandpa got run over by a beer truck. Beer truck. Coming out of Christmas Day. Grandpa got a job out at the brewery. I never knew that she could drive that way. Grandpa was out drinking with the floozies. Spending all of Grandma's hard-earned dough. He didn't have enough to pay the bar tab. So Woody tossed him out into the snow. Stood there frozen in the headlights He looked just as helpless as a deer I don't think he was afraid of dying I think he was afraid he'd spill his beer Grandpa got run over by a beer truck Coming out of Woody's Christmas Day Grandma got a job out at the brewery I never knew that she could drive that way. Who'd have thought he'd end up as a road kid? She flattened him right on the center line. He could have made it to the curb if he were quicker. But she backed it up and squashed him one more time. Grandma cried and cried at Grandpa's funeral. 
Not because we peeled him off the road All the loot she got from his insurance Went to pay the bar tap that he owed Grandpa got run over by a beer truck Coming out of Woody's Christmas Day She could drive that way I never knew that she could drive that way I never knew that she could drive that way did you know that you can not only order from More Beer online at morebeer.com and receive free shipping on most orders over $59, but you can also shop in person at their two retail locations located in Concord and Riverside, California. In fact, the Concord facility has grown to over 15,000 square feet to fit all the new products, expanded showroom, and new knowledge center classroom. And now, in conjunction with the Brewing Network, More Beer is making it easier than ever to keep up on what's happening. Download the More Beer monthly podcast by clicking podcast at morebeer.com. You'll learn about More Beer's history, sales and discounts on More Beer products, get to know team members, and hear ways to save you money. They're also launching a brand new website soon with more features and a better online shopping experience. So go to morebeer.com or call 800-600-0033. That's 800-600-0033. This. Sit down next to it, grab yourself a paper towel, and watch those yeast have sex. You're listening to the Brewing Network. You're listening to the Brewing Network. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. Welcome back to the program, boys and girls. Quick break there. And now down to the good stuff. We've got Upstream Brewing Company on with us, and we're going to be talking about their beer and their distilling today. So get your questions ready. 888-401-BEER is our number. And, of course, you can join us in the chat room by hitting the Chat Now button and just type in your name and press Enter. Don't register. Don't use a password. Don't do anything like that. Just make up some silly name and join the fun, and then you can get questions over to us. Uh, 888-401-BEER and the chat room. Zach, are you with us? I am indeed. How are you, Zach? I'm doing great. Uh, I noticed how you totally uh, busted Shad when he said, is Zach okay with uh, us being a little late? And he's like, yeah, he's fine. Yeah, and he didn't even call you. Yeah. Listen, i got to get a new producer, I think, Zach. You got, you know anybody out in Nebraska that needs a job that doesn't pay well? I'll, I'll work. I'll work on it. Okay, thank you. I'm sorry about the wait, but I'm really stoked to have you on the program, Zach. Yeah, no, happy to be here. All right, very cool. I got a lot of, uh, right when I posted that you're going to be uh, here, when I put it up on the website, instantly people started chiming in about how stoked they were that you're on. Uh, oh, terrific. Yeah, you're kind of a popular place out there. So I think we do pretty well for uh, for what we do. We enjoy it. Yeah, good. Good for you. And a uh, few of our listeners are right there in Nebraska, and those guys in particular uh, were just real stoked about it because uh, they love your beer. So um, I had. Yeah, some... I got an email from the Bennington Brewer. Oh, you did? Great. And, uh, yeah, he's drinking uh, some beer, some of our beer tonight, so appreciate it. Beautiful. Well, hopefully a few people are doing that. 
the only Great. see the only bummer about our out of staters is that we don't get to drink your beer when we're talking to you. We just have to. You just tell us about it. Our mouth waters, and then Chat brings in something like Pabst. You know. <laughs> well, well, we might try to see what we can do about that. That would be good. I mean, we won't say that you're going to ship across state lines or anything. No, 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 we wouldn't say that. No, <laughs> of course not. All right, well, we've got really just a lot of things to cover with you, Zach, because uh, we want to talk distilling as, as well as brewing. And Great. I'm looking over your resume here, which is uh, one hell of an educational resume, so I want to find out a little bit about you first before we start talking about uh, the company you work for. Um, sure. You want to tell us? If, I, I want to get into your education too, because you have a lot of formal education. Um, mm-hmm. But the first question I always like to ask is if if you were a home brewer before you got into all this nonsense. Oh yeah, I was. I, I home brewed a fair amount before I uh, got into brewing professionally. Oh, you did. Okay, good. Absolutely. When you yeah. say fair amount, like uh, what age did you start home brewing? Well, I, I started while I was in college, and uh, so I was probably nineteen. 20 somewhere okay. in there very nice and uh you know I, I guess you know when i when i look back at you know what really kicked off the you know potential of really getting into brewing was uh um one of the alumni of uh the university i went to university of wisconsin lacrosse uh was the head brewer at g Heilman brewing company in lacrosse wisconsin which uh now is uh the city uh, brewery and uh uh he's still brewing there uh randy hughes and he was just a terrific guy to talk to and and uh, learn from, and uh, really sparked uh, the possibility that brewing really was a career. Okay, so he told you you could get a paycheck. Well, actually, he did something a little different. He said, "Don't do it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, I showed him. Right, good for you. <laughs> so you homebrewed for a while then, and 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 kind of got the bug that way. Um, mm-hmm. But you ended up becoming a, a, a chemist. You you went to school for microbiology. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, I, I was like uh, so many of the. I started out as a biology major, and fifty percent of the uh, biology majors are you know pre med. And uh, after meeting Randy and, and learning that uh, brewing was a craft, uh, you know, getting into micro and and going that route was a no brainer for me. Okay, so he's another one of these smart guys, Doc. I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, and uh, you'll 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 know in a hurry uh, by the time this is over. <laughs> we'll figure we'll figure it out ourselves. Hey, yeah. You got a beer in front of you, Zach? I do indeed. What are you drinking? Well, you know, I, I heard all about uh, listening to you talk about the, that this was your holiday show, yeah. Christmas show, and, and other parts, you know, good parts of the show. I'm looking forward to. Uh-huh, yeah. uh, so I pulled out my Christmas beer. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, <laughs> and what kind of uh, now? When you say Christmas beer, is it a, is it like a spiced ale or? It's it's a it's an old ale spiced with cinnamon and nutmeg, uh, about nine point four percent alcohol. Um, and our bottled version, we have a draft version and a bottled version. Our bottled version uh, was aged in oak for more than a year, and so you get some nice wood in there. And uh, I also uh, blended in uh, with twenty percent of the beer that I, I bottled uh, some year old Ebenezer. That's our brand, Ebenezer's Ale, and. Uh, uh, put in some that had some lambic characteristics going on in it. So there's just this little bit of uh, earthiness in the background, which uh, really adds a beautiful dimension, and I, I really love it. Good Lord, this guy should be in marketing. I don't think I've ever been so thirsty in my life. <laughs> that sounds like a really good beer. 
the blend, the aging, every bit of it, man. That sounds great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're going to be doing fine by the end of the show if you stick with that one at 9%. Well, that's just it. I thought, you know, I, I should probably pick something a, a little bit smaller, uh, you know, to start out so I wasn't half crocked by the end of this. And, you know, I have a variety <laughs> of, of unmarked things in my fridge, you know, bottles that, uh, you know, didn't get sent out the door for one reason or another, and I grabbed a, just a random one thinking it'd be, you know, one of our wheat beers or an ESB or something, and I was going to get to the Ebenezer towards the end of the show, and wouldn't luck have it, it was an Ebenezer. Ah, oh, I see. I always love the the surprise batch sessions, where you just, you're like, ah, i got to clean out the fridge, I'm certainly not going to dump this stuff out, Let's let's just open it and drink it. Before you know exactly. it, your head's exploding. <laughs> it's just a lot oh, yeah. of crazy beers. Doc's Fridge is like that. If, if we ever just went and cleaned out Doc's Fridge, we'd probably be hospitalized. Yeah, usually I, get, <laughs> usually I start doing that after we've you know hit all the taps. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else we got in there. <laughs> yeah. It just it gets kind of ugly. Uh, messages already coming through from the listeners for you, too. Uh, I'll, I'll send this one through. Uh, Wayne and Chris. Is this Lincoln Loggers? Is that what it says there, Beva? Wayne and Chris from Lincoln Loggers. Say hi to you, Zach. Terrific. Uh, hi to you guys. They're great members in the community, and uh, we couldn't do it without them. Great. Homebrew, uh, are they a homebrew club out there? Is that what it is? Yeah, Lincoln yeah. Loggers? we've got okay. uh, two real active homebrew clubs in the area. We've got the Lincoln Loggers, uh, which is, uh, they're down in down in Lincoln, which is 45 minutes south of Omaha. Okay. Then we've got our Omaha club, the Omahops, and uh, those guys are just absolutely terrific <laughs> as well. Good name. Good old Omahops. You know, that's yeah. my favorite part about beer clubs, actually, is the, the names. clever names, yeah. man. They're oh, yeah. Lincoln yeah. Loggers. Yeah. All right, so you ended up, after getting out of school, you went to work with Cargill. Yeah. And you were a chemist for them. What does a chemist do at Cargill? Well, you know, I was. this was right out of college, so it was an entry-level job doing quality assurance and working shift. And uh, uh, it was a job where I was able to learn a ton, but uh, it was a, a bit of a drag, really, uh, between the hours and, and whatnot. But um, the opportunity to work for Cargill was terrific, and, and that's where I really got my analytical training to uh, uh, balance out what I do in our analytical lab here in the brewery. Okay. Um, but fortunately for me, they moved me up to uh, uh, Omaha here. They've got a plant in Blair, and I was able to get into the fermentation lab, and, and that was a, a great move. So you're kind of a, you're really, it, it sounds to me, a, a big yeast guy. You know, you're very into the microbiology of yeast. Uh, um, you know, it's it's really helped me a lot as I as I started the craft, because I mean, quite honestly, when I started at Upstream, uh, they took a pretty big risk. I had never brewed commercially, and and uh, I, I didn't know what I was doing, to be quite honest. I uh, when I started, the brewer that was brewing before me was already gone. Oh, so I had to go in there and just figure it out. Yeah, that's and great. <laughs> that 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 was lovely. Um, but it was uh, the background of doing you know large scale fermentation. You know, our fermenters were. Budweiser scale. Um, wow! So uh, it was it was that background and training that helped me not fall completely flat on my face when I jumped into this. And is that kind of the the background that that let Upstream give you the okay to jump into it as well? They were you just the most qualified with your with your background? Well, it, it was both of those things. Uh, they they gave me the chance, I think because of that background and because they didn't have a better option. <laughs> you know, yeah. the, the, the brewer left and they had nobody and they were running out of beer. Right. Um, so uh, it, it was kind of a win-win situation. That's why the Brewing Network is so dismal. The options are uh, <laughs> few and far between. How big is yeah. your brewery? 
Um, we've got two 15-barrel uh, brew pubs, and uh, combined with the two of them, we do, uh, we'll probably do 3,100 barrels this year. Wow. That's a lot of beer. Yeah, I'm reading here that you guys uh, opened uh, the second location in 2003. Is that right? Um, just, uh, we were supposed to open at 2-3, pushed over just into January of 04, we opened our doors. Okay. All right. And then at what point, I mean, this is going to be a, a, a whole thing when we start talking about distilling too, but you actually had to, to fight to get the laws changed there in Nebraska so that you could open a distillery. Yeah, at least the, the type of distillery that we wanted to do, which, uh, is a, you know, a distillery pub, if you will. Okay. Um, to allow us, uh, you're familiar with the brew pub law, of course. We're able to manufacture beer and sell it to our guests right there. Right. And that that wasn't legal in Nebraska. And uh, so I stepped up and uh, um, got with some really smart people down in Lincoln, uh, and they helped us write a bill. Um, and then I started calling senators to see if there was anybody who would uh, support our bill. Yeah, okay. And uh, it was amazing. Uh, within, I think, my third phone call, um, found somebody to support it. And, you know, when you start talking about beer, you know, you find a few beer fans. Uh, yeah. But uh, John Sinawicki uh, just stepped up and, and helped us get this bill through, and it went through in record time. He introduced the bill on January 17th, and the governor signed it, I think, on the 16th of March. That's great. Five years it's later. <laughs> and there's, yeah, there's, no. <laughs> those senators like to drink, man. You put an alcohol bill in front of them. Let's it's pass gonna, it. Yeah, it's going to move. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was great. I really appreciated his help on that. Okay. So is your distillery uh, right with your brewery, or is it a whole different uh, location? Well, we're, we're, we haven't built it yet. We're still in that process because oh, we're... I gotcha. Even though we're going to be a distillery pub, if you will, we've got our sights on uh, you know doing this uh, on pretty big scale for a startup, and uh, so we're going to be building a building and attaching it to our brew pub. Uh, okay. And so uh, we're we're starting a separate company to do this because uh, um, we need to raise a, a fair amount of money, and uh, so we're in that process right now. Uh, we're going to have about 2,000 square feet. Uh, we'll have a, a mash tun in there. We'll have uh, a couple stills and a 20-foot-tall distillation column on top of it all. Some, you know, multiple 30-barrel fermenters. It's going to be a pretty cool operation. Okay. Oh, see, that sounds pretty amazing. I, I, you're going to find out when we do this distilling discussion that I don't know shit about distilling. Like, when I hear you talk about putting in a distillery, I start to think that you, like, you have to build it in a bunker because it, it, it could explode at any moment. Like, I'm really, yeah, I get nervous. You hear all these horror stories about things exploding. So, sure. uh, I mean, do you have, does it have to be a special building or is that the stupidest thing I've ever said? Yeah. No, it, it's it's not stupid, okay. uh, but uh, if you go around it... <laughs> per se, yeah. that's a polite way of saying, yeah, you're a dumbass. <laughs> yeah. you Radio are, boy. You guys are in San Francisco, right? <laughs> yes. you you got some great distilleries around. You've got Distillery 209 that's, you know, right out sitting on the harbor, and, and you've got Hangar 1 out there, and Sweetwater, yeah. and a uh, number of other great distilleries. Anchor. And, and uh, one thing you'll find is if you have somebody smart who's distilling... First of all, um, and then you just have good airflow. You really are not going to have a problem because it's okay, still good. The, the only way I'm something's going to explode is if it's still were leaking. If it, if there was a leak, you would know about it immediately. Okay. And uh, then if you just have proper air handling, even if there was a leak, you'd be okay. So yeah, yeah, Justin, you don't need to build. 
What's that? Uh, Justin, I'm just curious. Like, do you hear, get all these stories about stills blowing up all over the place? I mean, yeah, I watch television. I see these things. I, I search <laughs> around on the internet. There was a Magnum PI once where yeah. uh, where Higgins was trying to do a still, and uh, TC yeah. came in and lit a match, and the whole thing went up. <laughs> yeah, and it was real. Now, yeah. you know what it is, uh, and this is going to come out uh, all too often on this program. I'm afraid. I just watched uh, this show on the History Channel about. You've seen it, Paxton. I have. It's uh, great. It, it's about like. Uh, um, Moonshine, uh, moonshine and, and, and bootleggers, yeah, exactly. and run and run rummers. Yeah, yes. and run runners. Yes. You've seen it the too. Beginning of NASCAR. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was like a hundred years ago. Uh, no, yeah. no. It's no, st- well, the rum runners, still going yes, on? but it's still going yeah. on in the backwoods there, and, and people still, you know, lose fingers and stuff. And, yep. uh, and uh, just <laughs> they go I, blind. I love that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so I've watched it like three times in the last week. Timo, so. so he's be careful you know, with your stills that explode though were helped by the uh, tax collectors when they found the illicit stillers. Their method of disposing of the stills was blowing them up, which has to be great fun. Oh, that's got to be great. <laughs> See, I would like yeah. that part of it. Yeah, fun with dynamite. What's <laughs> yeah. bad about that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, and the other thing, in my defense, yeah, we do have a lot of great distilleries around here, but I don't drink liquor. I, I okay. very rarely drink liquor, so I, and it's kind of unfortunate because there is this great thing around here. But I kind of figure the last thing I need is another vice, so uh, it's probably especially a pricey one like liquor. Right, Doc is our—he's kind of our, our single malt guy. He's our—he loves whiskey, loves bourbon. Um, so he'll be kind of talking to you about this stuff, but I, I just don't usually drink it. Um, sure, but uh, we'll get you one of these days. Okay, yeah, yeah find something he likes. <laughs> yeah, since I'm down, take advantage of me. Yeah. Jerks again. Jerks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, why don't you tell us uh, before the break? Because we got a little time before I got to take a break. Uh, just a little mm-hmm. bit about the brewery now and and the kind of beers you guys are doing, just in general. And we'll get into detail from there. Sure. Um, you know, and, and when we get into detail, there's there's sort of two parts of the the brewery to discuss. We've got our our brew pubs, which uh, are doing. Um, you know, a full lineup of uh, draft beer, which include lagers and ales. We've got three lagers on tap and uh, another eight uh, different ales on tap, which range from uh, some of the standard uh, pale ales up to double IPAs and scotch ales and stouts. And um, we put at each of our pubs now, we've got uh, two seasonal taps, and that's new for us. Um, so we're really trying to stretch the envelope and have one. Um, I suppose, if, if you want to call it uh, one extreme beer and one more drinkable seasonal uh, for the beginner. Okay. And uh, so that's allowing us to have a great deal of fun in the pub. Yeah, absolutely. So what's on tap so, right now? Uh, right now we've got, uh, actually, it's a great story. Uh, uh, we run uh, homebrew competitions, and uh, our last homebrewer that uh, won a competition, uh, Brian Hosing, who's a member of the Lincoln Loggers, uh, came up and brewed his recipe on our system. And uh, his... Uh, um, Rye IPA is on tap as one of our seasonals. Nice. And uh, I got to say, it, it is terrific. It's a great beer. Um, Ryan, Brian's recipe was was really a great one um, and obviously a winner. Is that your uh, first experience there in the pub with uh, brewing a rye beer? Uh, yeah, that is our first uh, first true rye beer. Okay. We've used rye here and there, but uh, first uh, you know distinct rye beer. And, okay. Uh, we're real happy with it. Great. Did you and, what, then, did you find it very different, uh, not just in taste, but even just brewing with rye? Is there any significant differences that you, did you had to pay attention to? We really didn't notice any, to be quite honest. And, okay. Um, the concentration of rye in that beer was pretty low, um, and 
Okay. You know, I think it was somewhere in the, the 5 to 10% uh, range. Gotcha. Um, so, it you know, it wasn't enough to really notice a big difference. All right. All right, what else you got on tap there? Um, our, our other seasonal that's on tap is, of course, since it's the holidays, uh, our draft version of uh, Ebenezer's Ale. Nice. And uh, it's great to sit down and drink the draft version of uh, Ebenezer's Ale alongside our bottled version because, uh, you know, the draft version is brand new. It's it's brewed, um, you know, matured for, you know, under a week and put on tap. So it's just, you know, raw old ale, which uh, really is kind of an oxymoron, but... Uh, at any rate, uh, uh, sitting down drinking two by side by side is just lovely. That's and you know, great. we've got you know our loggers that we have. I'm really quite proud of. You know, we've got uh, the light logger. Then we've got you know the European pilsner, and then we've got had you know the fruit logger for the ladies too. Oh yeah, for the ladies like Chad, like our producer. <laughs> I, 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 I I see quite a fair number of gentlemen that come in and enjoy our our. Uh, fruit uh, lager and Sully well, doesn't know anything static. about that in his pub. absolutely not he's <laughs> never seen them enjoying his watermelon weed it's all women who drink it there. all the time <laughs> I, now I actually and, think um, I have had your Ebenezer um, oh yeah I, it was sent to me by a listener about, a, I think, last Christmas, actually. They wanted to send okay. me a sampling of, of beers that I couldn't get here, and that was one of them. Uh, and I remember the name. That's uh, the only uh, – not that it wasn't a notable beer. I don't mean that. But uh, it's it just a very distinct name. Um, but I do not remember the flavor of it. He sent me a six-pack of different ones, and I, I just can't remember what it was like. Um, gotcha, yeah. But I have had your beer before, now that, you, now that you're mentioning that name again. Oh, I'm glad to hear it. All right, so you know, and we've got a, you know a variety of bottled beers as well, and and our bottled beers are um, all bottled in in champagne style bottles and cork and cage, and you know we do a lot of big stuff: barley wines, double IPAs. Um, you know, this Ebenezer's big. Uh, and then we've got some Belgians. We've got uh, my personal favorite is our Grand Cru, and uh, you'll like this because you, know, you give it a swirl. You know, this is aged in oak for a year, and you get the some of the the Brett working and you know it's it's uh, the Brettanomyces anomalis, so it's the least horsey of the you know the three main you know brewing Brett strains. Okay. So, but you swirl and you get just a little bit of that earthier nose and some of the oak, and then you drink it and it completely changes and you get some sweet uh, malt and honey and citrus fruit, um, and then it finishes with that that earth and, and oak again. It's really it, it's my personal favorite. Wow, that sounds great, man. Are you a uh, do you are you a beer judge by chance? Um, I, I judge uh, local uh, homebrew competitions, and I'll be judging this year at the GABF in 2008 for the first time. Great, because you're very yeah. descriptive. I mean, when you're describing the the different flavors and and the, and the front and and other, other these things about your beer, you're really descriptive. I, I, I just I thought I was curious if you're BJCP certified or anything like that. I, I haven't taken the time to do that quite yet. I, I know that I should, but among everything going on, uh, you know, along with this distillery, um, we're, we're actually starting a new packaging craft brewery. You know, we've had some, you know, moderate success with these bottled beers here in Omaha, so we're thinking about uh, trying to, to grow this to something that's a little bigger. And so we, we started a, a, a holding company, and I, I, I want to tell you, Sparks, I think you'll appreciate the name. Okay. The name of our holding company is Quaff. 
nice. which means to drink copiously and heartily. <laughs> That's perfect. You, you just can't go wrong with that. No, you really can't. <laughs> In fact, so, I'm going to steal then, it and change the name of our program to Quaff. <laughs> <laughs> My federal trademarks almost all the all the way through. So oh, damn it, no <laughs> way. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but uh, and then within that, we've got the distillery, and the distillery is called the Solas Distillery. Okay. S O L A S with an accent over the O, and it's Scottish Gaelic for happiness or joy. Um, and I, I chose that because I really wanted to pull in uh, the, the training that I received in Scotland. You know, I spent a year there, um, you know, really digging in a single malt whiskey. And uh, so it's a little owed back to, to Scotland. And that, then we're also starting a new craft brewery, and that's uh, Barrelhead Brewing Company. Um, and it, with that, we're going to do uh, mainly champagne-style uh, big beers, uh, Similar to what we've been doing now, but ones that we feel we can brand and, and get into other markets. Okay. So right now, you're only in the Nebraska market? Yeah. Okay. Wow, you guys got big plans because for it sounds to me for a company, I mean, I know you're making a lot of beer there, but then for a company to, to go from just being in Nebraska to really branching out with a you know, distillery, a new brewery, and the beers you're doing, you guys, you're going for it, man. We're we're having a great deal of fun. Um, I'm enjoying it every single day, and and uh, you know, learning new things that uh, you know I wasn't aware of before. You know, getting into some of these, you know, trademark laws and spending time down at state capital to to, to pass laws, and and you know, these are the kind of things that brewers uh, um, don't always get a chance to do. And I just feel fortunate to be able to get into some of these parts of it. Yeah, that's uh, that would be fun. Um, that's the not boring side of the business. That's for sure. We got a, a letter from a brewery uh, um, just north of you who uh, says they have uh, an Ebenezer's Ale uh, that's trademarked. Oh, is and, that right? Uh, although we've been doing Ebenezer's Ale for uh, over ten years now, but uh, yeah, we're still small. We're not going to get into fight fight a big guy. And uh, so, you know, once we start, you know, working on these things, getting out of Nebraska, we're not going to try to take Ebenezer out. So okay. we'll just do other things, and that's part of the reason why we're, uh, you know, starting this whole new craft brewery. Oh, I see. I would. That's what I wanted to ask you. Actually, is why you would be starting a new craft brewery. Why not just do it under the upstream name? Is it just a right. kind of a legality type of thing? Makes it easier. It, it makes it easier, and you know there are a number of uh, craft breweries that have gone out and have been really successful in in their area, and then worked at branching out into other states. And their brand works great in their area, but it doesn't always transfer. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, we're not so sure that our brand would transfer real well into other markets. It does great here. Yeah. But uh, we're not sure if we got beyond our neighboring states if, if it would really transfer. Okay. And so that's part of our uh, reasoning behind it. And so we've been working with a branding company um, that's down in Lincoln, and, and those guys are absolutely terrific. They're, the, in my opinion, some of the smartest guys in the business. And, okay. And... Uh, you know, not all of us can know everything, and and I'm just learning about this branding stuff. And you know, I feel my job would be to put good beer and spirits in the package and see if we can get help with some of the other important parts about you know growing a, a craft brewery and distillery. Yeah, you know, maybe I could get the uh, other Ebenezer brewer in here, and you we could have a strip off. 
and whoever, you know, I mean, we got the poll and everything. Uh, I thought maybe this is kind of an easy, old school way to settle things. Old school. <laughs> With a strip off. They did this back before Prohibition. They had the strip off. Yeah. You know, it's I believe that, but uh, can, I, can I send somebody a little prettier than me in my place? No, it's yeah. got to be you. No, I would appreciate that. I'm going to go ahead and let that happen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just hopefully they won't send a ringer. You know, we got the gold club down here. They could, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. They could hire a ringer. You know, it's just, it's nonviolent. It's a very easy way to settle things, just I think. Send in the DS. I'm going to start encouraging that among, uh, of disputes. Just with anybody. I'm going to invite, you know, people over to have a strip off. <laughs> there settle, you go. Let's settle everything that Problem way. with your neighbor? Strip off. Strip off. <laughs> you got a ticket in court? Strip off. Yeah, exactly. All right, Zach, i got to take a quick break. Um, Sounds that, great. Uh, so let me do that, and when we come back, we're going to talk more about the beer. I want to find out about some of these uh, really interesting beers you were just telling us about in the bottles. Um, maybe we can pick one specifically and, and talk about how to brew it. Um, so think, great. think about that, and uh, I'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll, we'll do that. So uh, right. Zach's going to hang in right there. Uh, you folks, of course, are going to do the same. We're going to be talking beer with Zach, and then we got to talk about the distilling process, and we're going to go through all that. Doc's going to help me out uh, so that it won't be a, a stupid interview, and, uh, <laughs> and that would be fantastic. Time. I guess Pax knows a thing or two about the distilling deal as well. Stick with us. It's the session, and we got a lot more to do. Hang in there. You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Coming this fall, four beer kits and a bag of sanitizer. That will be four thousand dollars for shipping. Never. I won't pay more than twenty bucks for shipping. Ha ha ha! You will not find a deal like that now. Northern Brewers flat rate shipping promotion is finished. No. I'll never pay that much, never! My patience wears thin, young home brewer. You must pay too much for shipping. Never fear, Northern Brewer's here. Foolish Northern Brewer, your flat rate shipping promotion has ended. No, sir, now we got $7.99 flat rate shipping all the time over here. Northern Brewer has all of your home brewing, wine, mead, cider, and soda making needs. And a complete line of award-winning beer kits, including the intergalactically boozy Bourbon Barrel Order. Still with cheap-ass shipping. Place an order at northernbrewer.com and get some Flat rate, seven ninety nine shipping action. Offer good in contiguous U.S. only. Some heavy and or bulky items are excluded, such as glass bottles, sacks of grain, bulky meat, and oak barrels. Take that, guy. Seven ninety nine flat rate shipping. Ah, my retina. Retina? Damn near killed ya. In some of my songs, I have casually mentioned the fact that I like to drink beer. This little song is more to the point. Roll out the barrel and lend me your ears. I like beer. It makes me a jolly good fellow. I like beer. It helps me unwind and sometimes it makes me feel mellow. Whiskey's too rough, champagne costs too much Vodka puts my mouth in gear This little refrain should help me explain As a matter of fact, I like beer My wife often frowns when we're out on the town And I'm wearing a suit and a tie She's sipping vermouth and she thinks I'm uncouth 
When I yell as the waiter goes by I like beer It makes me a jolly good fellow I like beer It helps me unwind And sometimes it makes me feel mellow Makes him feel mellow Whiskey's too rough Champagne costs too much Vodka puts my mouth in gear While this little refrain Should help me explain As a matter of fact I like beer Last night I dreamed That I passed from the scene And I went to a place so sublime All the water was clear And tasted like beer Then they turned it all into wine I like beer It makes me a jolly good fellow I like beer It helps me unwind And sometimes it makes me feel mellow Makes him feel mellow Whiskey's too rough Champagne costs too much Vodka puts my mouth in gear All this little refrain Could help me explain as a matter of fact I love beer. Yes, he likes it. What's funny is Bruce would say, Yeah, I don't brew to stop. I'm brewing my own beer. And it's like a German pilster, but it's black. Yeah, it's a sports sports beer. The home of live beer radio. TheBrewingNetwork.com Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. The Brewing Network. Saving your life. One beer at a time. I don't even know what to call this show. There's so much happening in it. The so much happening it's show. There's the lots of stuff happening yeah. show. The what's happening deal. <laughs> We're here with Zach from Upstream Brewing Company, uh, soon to be several other uh, companies as well. You still with us, Zach? You betcha. All right, fantastic. I love it when they don't hang up at the break and bail on us, JP. You know what like, I'm saying? Like, uh, you know, I'm out of here, dude. <laughs> yeah. I, F these dudes. Yeah, I got other things to do. Yeah. <laughs> Companies to own. Yeah. I got nothing better to do. Perfect. You're just like us then. That's great. <laughs> All right, let's talk specifically about a couple of these beers because you really mentioned some things uh, that, I, that I'm finding really interesting in, in, in the bottles that you're doing. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe pick one of your favorites to talk to me about. You mentioned bar. Barley wines and Belgian styles and all sorts of different stuff. You got one that's really kind of at the top of your list? Well, I, I've got one that's at the top of my list, um, and, and that's our Grand Cru. It's uh, okay. it's my favorite beer, and, and that's why it's named what it's named. You know, it's it's kind of wine nomenclature, in my opinion. Um, yeah. and, and wine growers, you know, will take their best grapes from their best year to make what they consider their best wine and, and refer to that as their Grand Cru or Premier Cru, and this beer in the past was uh, just called a Belgian specialty ale, um, and and you know I I didn't want to copy anybody's beer, but it was a night while I was sitting drinking Orval that I thought you know 
this is an awesome beer. Yeah. And uh, made me start thinking about a direction to go. And, uh, you, know, you know, using, you know, some of the wild yeast and stuff is great. And uh, I felt like just a real light hand of it could really give a beer some true complexity without being, you know, uh, just a total sour bomb. Yeah, the main and, component. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be that. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, and so that's where this beer began. Okay. And uh, r- really the base of, of this beer is uh, similar in direction to a, a Belgian-style triple. Okay. So it's a, it's a, it's a big base. It's it's a big base, you know. It's over nine percent, and um, then you know after it's brewed, um, you know primary fermentation is uh, with uh, a WLP five hundred okay. um, strain that we can we, you know we can all get, and uh, then uh, take it and uh, filter it, get get all of that out of there once it's you know, and, and we let it sit in the fermenter a long time. We do primary fermentation and let it mature for a couple of weeks in the in the the. Uh, fermenter before we uh, you know really cool it down and filter it uh, but then we we throw it into uh, barrels and we um, with our experience now know that it has to sit at least a year and uh, when we put it into the barrel we we add some um, you know I mentioned Brett and Amalis to it uh-huh. and uh, we also feed it a little bit uh, because really most of those uh, uh, fermentable sugars are gone by the time it gets there and I, I've learned through experience that the yeast really can't do much unless there's a little bit to eat. So what kind of, uh, are you just talking about corn sugar or something like that, or are you putting more wort uh, in there? No, it's a malt extract. Okay. It's an easy thing to, to do and, and keep sterile and make sure I'm not adding anything else strange to it. So I I stick with malt extract for that part. So what do you do? Do you just kind of boil up a batch of a malt ect- extract and, and then yeah. you do? Okay. And then Literally, just, I go down into our bakery and and uh, get out a pot and a bag of malt extract and boil it up and cool it down, pour it in, add the yeast, and let her go. Are you are you and, looking for a certain gravity? Oh, I I know exactly the weight that I want to add to it. I usually add one to two hundred grams of malt extract uh, um, when I feed when I feed, and I feed a, a number of times throughout the year. Okay. Ah, see, I never, I had, Sully, do you, have you heard of the adding several times like that? I've always heard that if you have to feed it at all, you kind of, you feed it right when you, you would, you would pitch the, the extra yeast and, and then let it go. Oh, sorry, You know, Sully. that's, are you that's adding it? Work. Is this for the Brett? Yeah. After you've had the Brett? Yeah. Yeah, the Brett's gonna need some food, it so. Several times over. When like I that. did that watermelon funk, we added watermelon, uh, juice back to it when we put it in barrels. Same same thing he's talking about. Just once though, or do you do? Uh, it I just several? did it once actually. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm talking because he. You're saying uh, Zach, you're doing it several times over. You know, throughout that year. Yeah. yeah. Now is that I, just I, to control the sourness? Um, well, I really learned through trial and error. You know, basically when it gets to the lev- level of uh, you know sourness, if you will, and it really doesn't get sour. It's just you know you get this great earthy aroma and you know finish in the beer but it never really gets sour um but i i need to kind of coax it along because i put a real small inoculum of the bread into the beer just you know to be cautious and if i put too much in it could get um if you will you know too earthy before um the other things that need to take place you know the time and the slow oxidation and the you know oakiness i get from the barrel you know these are barrels that have been used uh 
you know, five, six times in wineries, and so there's not a ton of oak character that comes out real fast, and so I want to have it in there to do all the different things. So I had a real small inoculum of the uh, of the brat, and uh, okay, but I, I found that I, it does help to feed them from time to time, and you know, I do some some lambics as well, and um, generally I've. Uh, you just had to do a single inoculation and a single feed, and this year in particular, uh, it didn't really work. Um, I had to, uh, I, I not only refed, but I re-inoculated as well, and I was amazed. Within a month of refeeding and re-inoculating, they changed dramatically. Now, they're still not ready, and this is my first holiday season. I didn't have any available. I It wasn't ready, so I didn't bottle it, and I'm going to let it keep going. But uh, yeah, uh, see, I, I talked to other... Go ahead. Uh, well, I just was, uh, you know, I really, uh, I admire you guys who have figured out the that that process because it is so difficult to gauge and so different. We had a home brewer, Doc, you know him, uh, Brad. He's Weasel in our forum. Mm-hmm. And he brought over some of his sour beers a year ago. And they were okay. They were nothing to mm-hmm. speak of. They were just okay. And he brought over the same sour beer about a week ago. And it was fantastic. It was amazing the difference that happened over a year's time. Um, oh, yeah. and, and so, Zach, when you're telling me that you know you're waiting, you know, for a period of time, you're waiting for a year, and it's still not where you want to be, and you know that you have to add more, you have to do this, and then a month later, it's different. I mean, just being able to do that—that's a lot of trial and error that you've gone through. I'm sure of it to, to figure that out. You know, it's a lot of trial and error, mostly error, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, every once in a while, you know, you really just get it right. You know, we were. Lucky enough in '05 that one of our sour beers, uh, uh, Goes Lambic, uh, won a bronze at the GABF. That's and, awesome! Great. And uh, mm. that's now become my calibration beer for our sour beers. Okay. And the reason that I didn't bottle any this year, uh, you know, our our batch came along, but I just I knew it wasn't good enough, and and uh, so it's still sitting there. It's probably going to be in the barrel for you know two years or more if it needs to be, but I'm not going to bottle it till it's right. Yeah. Well, that's it's great now that you have a, a an award winning gauge, you know, to to figure that out. I guess that's a standard that a lot of people don't have if they're just getting into this sort of thing. Um, sure. All right, I wanted to actually go back to just the base of this beer real quick, if we could. Um, you mm-hmm. know, you're saying it's it's basically kind of a of a of a Belgian triple um, mm-hmm. to begin with. Are you doing anything in the mash to, uh, to speak of? Is is there? Uh, is there a decoction happening? Is there a mash temp that you you like to stick to? You want to tell us a little bit about that? Well, you know, this is a, a big beer that I, I want to ferment out all the way, and and so my mash temp is really pretty low, so I can get that you know beta amylase working. So I'm going in at you know 65 degrees Celsius, okay, um, and I'm letting it um, sit in the mash longer than I might uh, some of my other um, draft beers, uh, just because it's such a big mash. And uh, so I'll let it sit in there um, upwards of uh, 75 to 100 minutes, depending okay. on how, it, how it's going. And that's a pretty long time compared to what I normally do. Um, Is that because I, of the lower temperature that you want it to keep converting for a while? Well, it's, you know, there's just there's so much grain in there, and uh, it, it's really hard for me to do a step infusion with my system. And, uh, um, you know, I, I try to... To get it up to um, 72 towards the end, uh, just to you know get that that uh, alpha amylase going too, as well. Okay. But uh, 
So are you, for the most part, doing just kind of a single-step infusion mash? You know, except that, that's really all I'm doing, and that's yeah. really all I do for all my beers because I don't have a um, heating element to my mash tun. Yeah. So the only thing I can do is add more water, more hot water, and you can only do that so much until you just you know over dilute your mash. Yeah, exactly. See, this is I'm glad so. you're saying this because this is an issue that a lot of homebrewers obviously have. You know, mm-hmm. I'm only doing uh, single infusions, um, and if and the the one time I tried to do a step, the problem you just mentioned is exactly what I have. You can only add so much water, and for me, right. not just that I'm diluting the mash, but I don't think I have so much room before my igloo right. is overflowing, right? So right. I kind of yeah. like hearing that you're making really good beer out there uh, with a single infusion uh, process, you know. No, it's working great. And, you know, in malts these days, you know, that at least, you know, that a lot of us craft beers are buying are well-modified malts, and you don't need to go through three or more steps in a, you know, a, a multi-step you know step infusion. And uh, so the single-step mash... As long as you get your temperature right, I think, in my opinion, works very well. Okay. All right. Well, that's good. And, and I do different temperatures depending on, you know, the body I want in the beer and the amount of fermentables, etc. But in this beer, it's such a big beer that I know that if I, I if I stick at that 65 and let her go, I'm going to end up, you know, fermenting down to a, a you know, 1010 in my my fermenter, and that's exactly where I want to be. Okay. All right, let's talk about the hops on this. Is it uh, is it mildly hops so so that you can get some of that yeast uh, flavor out, or what are you doing there? No, it, it's mildly hopped. It's all saws hops mm. and uh, it, and Czech saws hops and uh, Spicy. Paxton just finished when you said that. <laughs> I just want you to know. <laughs> I just love how those work in a triple. It, it, it does. It has more of a, a sweet profile. If you were to you know put this on a scale. This balances toward the sweet side like a triple would. Um, okay. You said finishing but, you know, at ten enough... ten. What's that? You said it finishes out at ten ten. Yep. And uh, you know, it really. I put enough hops in there so it, it balances well, but it, it leans um, toward the sweetness. Now, I, I also put uh, uh, in a fifteen. Well, actually, it's probably only more like a twelve barrel batch. I'm putting four gallons of orange blossom honey in there. Ooh. And uh, so most of those unfermentables are probably coming from that honey. Okay. And that's another reason I want to mash, you know, so I can get just all those fermentable sugars broken down is because that honey, um, some is, you know, really not very fermentable. When do you add the honey? Uh, but that, what's that? When do you add the honey? I add it uh, about 15 minutes before the end of the boil. So you do boil it a little bit then? Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to worry about, you know, any issues with something that came in through the honey, which, I mean... Yeah. Not much is going to, you know, really make it through with the honey, know. but uh, yeah, better safe. Know. Why not? This sounds well, like a you know, great it beer. Just, it mixes it in really well. That's an and it, it that? like an, another layer of compl- just complexity. You know, you get that that blossom in there a little bit. That'd be nice. Well, and, and I I love the orange blossom honey. Yeah. I, it, I've tried some other honeys, and that one with that beer is a perfect match. Okay. Any uh, any other little tricks you haven't mentioned that you're throwing in this beer? Hmm. Yeah, I, I actually think it's kind of funny. I'm telling uh, everybody how to make the beer that I'm absolutely most proud of. <laughs> <laughs> but it, 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 this sounds like a really complex beer. I don't think you have to worry about anybody reproducing it like you guys are doing. Yeah. It. No, I, I. You know, there really isn't. Uh, you know, too many tricks in what we do. It's just every step. You know, we 
we try to add complexity where we can, and, and this is one of my more complex beers and, and a, a true love of mine. Okay. So. All right, and what? Uh, how about uh, fermentation temperature? Because that's a kind of a big deal with a yeast like that that you're using mm-hmm. too. Um, what, what? I ferment it pretty hot. You do. Um, yeah, I'm, that's probably you know fermenting for the first five days around 24 degrees Celsius. Okay. And uh, so she's she's cooking along. You damned European trained brewers. Actually, you all do Celsius, don't you? Sully, you do Celsius, too. No, Fahrenheit. You do Fahrenheit, do you? Good. Sully's dumb like me. (laughs) I do exactly the opposite of what you do. I do Fahrenheit, and I work in Play-Doh. I'm checking gravity. There you go. So, I don't understand a damn word you're saying right now, sir. (laughs) When you say 24 Celsius, I'm thinking, wow, 150 degrees? That's amazing. (laughs) Like the sun hot? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's like the sun. My head's going to get real red. (laughs) Or redder. (laughs) Yeah. You know, that's probably in the, the mid to upper 70s, something like that. Okay. Yeah, no, that's uh, but that's, it's funny because the Celsius guys always can convert to the Fahrenheit very easily. All but, Fahrenheit guys are like, "What? Hmm? <laughs> you is, is that what well, water? Well, a hundred degrees—that's when water boils. <laughs> I got that. Yeah, that's what we know. Uh, zero is freezing. That's right, right? Hundred degrees. Is that right? <laughs> I, I got that right, didn't I? <laughs> You just multiply by four and and add thirty five, and that's the conversion rate. <laughs> huh? Yeah. <laughs> look at J. Look at the big brain on JP over so, there. So if I had two beers, uh huh, and if you want to convert that to Fahrenheit, yeah, you'd multiply that by four. Okay. That's six. All right. And then you add thirty two, and you have eighty five beers. If Zach and I are going to meet at the GABF, and his train leaves the station at noon. <laughs> At noon Celsius? <laughs> yeah. And my train leaves the station at, uh, at, at 11. Fahrenheit. Yeah. Right. Uh, what time will we meet at the GABF? 5.38. Thank you, JP. You're welcome. <laughs> Woo! That. We meet at happy hour. Yeah. We'd meet at happy yeah. hour. Uh, Zach, you got, um, is a recipe just came out or is about to come out in, what is it, BYO, Chad, that you told me? Yeah, it's BYO, and it, I think it, it just came out. Uh, I haven't been able to get a copy myself yet. Okay. Um, but I know I, I, I did get some emails from people who said they saw it, and uh, it, it does go over this Grand Cru recipe um, in probably a, a bit more detail because it's always easier to do when you're writing versus uh, chatting and drinking beer. Right. All right. Uh, well, that's great. But, that will be a good reference for people listening to the program. Pick up that issue of BYO. What is it? Uh, what issue is it? Do you know? This month. It's it's the one that just came out. The I barrel, don't know the issue number. Okay, yeah, it's the barrel aged stuff. All right, so the most recent BYO. Yeah. And while we're at yeah, it, so if I'm, you don't have it, you could subscribe to the Brewing Network by hitting the BYO <laughs> banner right there, and uh, you can get your first issue as a uh, follow up to this interview. So there you go. Paid in part by <laughs> Brew Your Own Magazine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, let's do this. I want to talk. I want to really get into your distilling process a little bit because mm-hmm. I don't know shit about it, and I'm really kind of interested in um, uh, what you guys are getting yourselves into because you're still building the distillery, as you said. Yep, we're we're still. You know, we've got the company in order, and we uh, have our plans together, and our architects are done, and. Um, we just we haven't physically broke ground yet. Uh, one of the things we thought we could do, we thought we could just pack onto our building physically and call it a day. But our architects uh, just let us know, hey, your building doesn't have strong enough footings to do it, so we need to put in our own footings. And so now we have to wait till the ground thaws. Oh, 
<laughs> no. See, we don't even think about it's that, like, do we, Sully? Yeah, yeah, not at all. Spring thaw. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What is the temperature out there right now? Oh, you know, it's in it's, Fahrenheit. It's please. been snowing. It's been snowing nonstop. Um, oh, but it, it did stop a day ago, and so it's just sunny and beautiful. But it was probably 32 degrees Fahrenheit out today. Oh, well, that's not that's as bad. That's like yeah. eighty-five or lower. That's not I mean, Let's put it this way: the snow's not melting, so it's a little less than that. All right. Do you have to like? Do you have to take a snowmobile to work, or can you drive? Uh, do you know how play. fun that would be? <laughs> that would be great. Um, you know, ride a moose. That would be awesome. <laughs> he rides a moose to work. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. You know, not to go total tangents, but I, I'm not from here. I'm actually from where it's colder. I'm, I'm from up in Minneapolis. But uh, when I moved here, I found Nebraskans were... Um, Idiots. I mean... <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Sully. See, Just kidding. <laughs> Sully. They all have big red heads. Just kidding. <laughs> Send mail to chat no, at they the were Brewing very <laughs> They were very defensive of Nebraska, and I could never figure out why. Okay. And it's because of guys like you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is God's no, country no. up here, son. <laughs> when, when you read a, a national newspaper article and they want to make an analogy of this piece of technology has made it everywhere in the country, they'll say it's even made it to Omaha, Nebraska. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys are so far out that you're the epitome of so far out. <laughs> exactly. And, and what made me think of that was, you know, my, my wife would, uh, when she was in high school, go to D.C. with a class group, and, and uh, you know, students would come up and ask her from other parts of the country and, and say things like, so do you ride your cow to school? <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Isn't Fargo in Nebraska? No. That's North Dakota. <laughs> no. Oh, Same thing. Whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just pile that's, it on right there. That's what you get, right? Why so now, not? Now you understand. How long have you been living uh, there in, in Omaha? I, I've been here... For geez, going on nine years, and I didn't expect to say stay two. Okay. Um, you know, I I was about to leave. Physically, I had another job and uh, met my wife, and uh, boy, I guess the rest is history. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> All right, a uh, couple questions are coming through from the listeners. Also, um, do you have a pilot distillery? Because you're still breaking ground on this one. Did you guys have a, a small one to to start figuring things out? We're, we're in a situation where we um, can't legally distill here. We can't run a single batch until we have licensing um, from both the, the feds and the state. So here we, we can't um, do any testing. However, the year that I spent in Scotland, um, I pretty much spent every waking hour that I could get my hands on the stills running batches and uh, trying to put recipes together and, and getting experience that way. So I did over 50 individual distillations uh, over the course of that year I spent in Scotland. But since I've been back, just to keep you know myself out of jail, I haven't uh, fired anything up. Okay, that's probably a good idea. I well, you know, I, I think that would make it difficult to get the license in the future. So Yeah, true. Yeah, that felony on your record kind of <laughs> slows down the process. <laughs> exactly. So what kind of uh, beverages are you guys thinking about distilling? What are your plans? Well, I, I can tell you this. When, when this whole idea came to me, it was because of my love of, of single malt whiskey, and in particular, scotch whiskey. Okay. And uh, so that's what kicked off this whole business. And But 
you know, you got to let single malt sit in some barrels for a while. So it's it's tough to write a business plan where you're going to spend, you know, million and a half dollars and then do have no revenue for two or three years. Yeah. It just doesn't work. And uh, so when we open our doors, we're going to be uh, producing both uh, a vodka and uh, a light rum. Uh, okay. And, you know, that's a, a way for us to, to get some revenue right away. And How quick is that process in comparison? In comparison, uh, it's, you know, it's instantaneous. Uh, okay. You know, we have to do a, a fermentation, and we're going to use Nebraska corn for making our vodka. I think, you know, that's something that it's it's available from this area, and I think it's something that we can do to, to help the state. And and uh, vodka makes great, uh, excuse me, corn makes great vodka. Yeah. Um, you know, people out there who think vodka only comes from potatoes no, um, are, are sorely mistaken. Old school, probably yeah, there's probably three in the world. Yeah. Um, Either and if wrong, I had a distillery in Idaho, I would make my vodka from potatoes because they got a shitload of them. Yeah. Yeah, why it's not? still really hard because potatoes are all water. Yeah. So exactly. You've got to use a lot of potatoes. So corn. Half the potatoes in Idaho. More efficient to use corn as oh, yeah. well than, okay, oh, yeah. Especially yeah. If you're more in sugar. All right, let me ask yeah. you to do this for me, if you would, Zach. And if you could yeah. do it, um, you know, like you know me, which says I'm an idiot, and... And and also briefly enough that it's not you know that, that you're not teaching science class. Could you tell me the distilling process? Because when you tell me you're going to make these things out of corn, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, sure. So I do know this. I know that you know some breweries will will make um, wort for distillers. I know that much, mm-hmm. but that's about the mm-hmm. extent of my knowledge. So could you could you give me like the process one hundred and one? Yeah, you put, you Absolutely. Put, you put all the... And, and beca- because you know that, you know that the beginning of the process is essentially brewing, okay. and then the second half of the process is distilling, and then from there you have maturation. Okay. Um, so, you know, I can describe to you how we're going to make uh, our, our single malt whiskey. Um, you know, we're going to start with an all-barley mash and uh, make probably an 8 to 10% uh, ABV wash. Now, one thing distillers want to do versus uh, breweries is, at this point, all they really care about is extracts. So you're going to try to get that uh, final gravity and that fermentation down to less than one. You just you want all the alcohol you can get. You want all this extract out of your malt and all the uh, alcohol from there. Okay. Um, so it's it's you've got to run very efficiently, um, and and. I think for that whole process in there from from mashing your malted barley to fermentation is almost identical to brewing aside from there's you don't need to do any temperature control with your fermentation really and so you yeah. can get you can get your fermentation done in three days I mean there are commercial distilleries out there at least in Scotland that are getting their uh, fermentation done in two days Wow um, because you know they pitch the yeast and they use they use fresh yeast for every single fermentation. There's none of this repitching stuff that we do in the breweries. Right. And it's because they pitch it about 19 degrees Celsius. I apologize for that. No worries. Um, a little less than 70 okay. uh, Fahrenheit, and uh, then they just they let it ride, and so it'll get up uh, to almost 100 degrees Fahrenheit, about 34 degrees Celsius when that fermentation is over. Wow, that's, that's huge. But because any of those off flavors are going away, any is what you're saying, like that's all going to be exactly, weeded exactly. out. Exactly. You'll never have to worry about them. And so now it's all about productivity. Okay. Um, and what and, kind of yeast are you using? Distiller's uh, yeast? or 
Yeah, we'll use a probably a dry distiller's yeast. Okay, like the turbo and yeast. So, yeah, I like that. I'm I'm doing some trials uh, with some of the 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 packaged dry yeast I can get in the U.S. and see how it compares to the stuff that I used when I was in the U.K. And uh, so far, things look real good. These don't those like produce more ethanol? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I mean that's that's what you want, I mean, and, and they can survive, you know, at higher alcohol temperatures, and and they work very fast. And uh, so it's kind of about speed. And so then when, once you're done with your fermentation. Um, most distillers, uh, and I know uh, you know some some craft people in the U.S. that are filtering their wort, which is perfectly great to do, but it's I, I can't say that I know that it's really necessary. Nobody's doing it in the Scotch whiskey industry. Um, they just take their their fermentation wash and they go straight into their first still. And in whiskey distillation, uh, at least Scotch whiskey distillation, they're primarily using two pot stills. You have the first pot still. Um, which uh, you take your 8 or 10% uh, ABV wash, that's what the fermentation liquid is called, is wash, and uh, do a distillation. And that process is very simple. You heat it up, alcohol boils at uh, 78.5 degrees Celsius, and water boils at 100. So your alcohol vapors are going to start to come off first um, because this is the most technical thing I'll, I'll say, but okay. the vapor pressure on alcohol is, is less than water. So... Uh, it'll it'll come out and uh, um, then those vapors go to a condenser and recondense it to a liquid. And so, so what you'll get what out of collecting. that uh, still is, uh, depending on what you started with, 21 to 25 percent um, clear alcohol that comes off that still. Okay. How come it? Th- so see, I know come what. I know, see, this is just going to make it complicated, but. Why is it that it when it uh, evaporates like that? Why can't you do it once? I mean, if if it has a different evaporation temperature, it would sound to me like you just do it and now you have your pure alcohol and you go on about your business. But you have to do it several times. It's, it's well, it not, depends on what kind of still you have, and it's as well. not so cut and dry because you got some bleed over from one to the next. Uh-huh. Yeah, and there's other things in there. It's not just water and alcohol. There's yes. other other things in there. Ethanol is one part of it. I see. That's what you want. So you gotta, you gotta take that cut out of the middle and leave the rest, but there's some, it's not a, okay, this stops and Heads that starts. And tails. So that collection that you just mentioned, Zach, is ethanol and whatever else ha- happens to have gone along with it? Yeah, uh, and, and let me clarify some of the things that I heard, because, because they're, they're true, um, but, uh, with that first pot distillation, there, there are no cuts. You, you distill and you get all Everything. of the alcohol you can out of that wash. Okay. Um, because, you know, we have about a 10% alcohol mixture in that first wash, and so that liquid's not going to boil until it gets up to about, oh, 85, 90 degrees Celsius, because most of that is water and some higher alcohols and, and other things. Um, so when when the spirit first your very first condensate that comes over is going to be very high in alcohol you know maybe as much as ninety percent but it will quickly drop off and you'll have a vertical line downward and you'll keep running that distillation until you get down to maybe one percent alcohol coming off the still um, you're still looking at productivity here okay and uh, you're not going to hurt the flavors of your your spirit okay. but when you go to that yeah, that's the, not wash the first run anyway. Yep, that's yep. That's your that's your first run, your wash distillation, and uh, what you're going to make is called low wines. Yep. That's your 21 to 25 percent alcohol spirit, 
And then you take that and go into your spirit still. And this is where it gets really important how you cut your spirits, uh, which I heard the other guys talking about. Yep. And uh, so when uh, that starts coming off, that first stuff that comes off, as you guys know, is the heads. Yep, and that stuff you don't want in your whiskey. It smells and bad. It uh, smells awful. You, you know what's coming you know, out first. Yeah, exactly. Is that moonshine? No, no, no. no, no. It's, it's uh, wood it's, alcohol. No. Yeah, it's like you might want to use it for cleaning, but it's just it's rank. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you don't and, want and that. And you can you can tell the difference when, when it's the first cloudy. stuff's coming over, mm-hmm. and then it goes to the second. You know, you can yeah. you can know the differences. Okay. It's the first obvious. stuff is not good. Throw it away. No. Okay. Or pitch it back into the the next wash. All right. To make yep, sure exactly. Hey Zach, when you uh, when you throw everything into all the wash into the still, do mm-hmm. you uh, put in all the trube like the yeast and stuff? Because uh, I know some guys uh, in theory, of course, not in practice because they're homebrewers, but <laughs> in theory, <laughs> yeah, they're they're doing stuff. They'll put the yeast and all the trube in with the wash, and they get uh, they get some some different and unique uh, flavors out of that. So I, I'm, I'm well. Th- yeah. The way that I've done it in the past is. Um, I, I chill the fermenter and I, I pull off the, the cold break and as much as the yeast that, that flocculates, but then it goes over so the the wort or the the wash isn't filtered. But you know I get as much of that sediment out as I can. But uh, the guys in Scotland, they're literally they're not pulling anything off. It's all going to the still. And is that like all the grain as well? Um, no, well, a lot finish. of the guys will ferment with the grain. Um, they'll just, they won't lauder off, and, and that part just blows my mind. Is that um, just laziness, or is there, flavor. I mean, is there flavor it's components to that? tradition, mostly, but oh. that's the way they do Yeah, I, I do. I, I, think it's, I think it's a lot of tradition. I see. Because hmm. it sounds like something I would do. Well, yeah. They just <laughs> <throw> the, <laughs> if you have a false bottom, use it. You basically, know? Yeah. they throw the yeast into the mash tun. Yeah. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Just chug it right in yeah, there. Yeah. That's the way to roll, man. (laughs) One step. One step. (laughs) You know? (laughs) All right. Keep keep going, please. When when you're in that second, that spirit distillation, your cuts are paramount. And every distiller cuts at different points. Um, I know McAllen um, and and Highland Park have two of the smallest cuts. Um, They they run off the heads and they they do their, their cut to the heart of the run. And they only take their drinking whiskey till they get down to um, between 65 and 70 percent alcohol. And so the rest of their run, you know, you keep your still going after your cut's done, mm-hmm. and you get uh, the rest of that uh, alcohol out of that still, so you can use both the the heads and the tails for your next distillation. Um, Did I miss that, the that, part about what you're cutting with? No, no, it's just where you sh- where, where you take it and what you throw away. Okay. So what, so comes, what comes off first is the heads. Oh. And you're not going to take that in the middle run is what he's talking, middle cut. I see. And some, it's, they're all different. So the, the some distillers will take a smaller run in the middle, which is more pure. I see. Yeah. Other people will take a larger one. Uh, they, they cut in early and they cut out late and it gets more flavors in there. Okay. And every, every the distiller has a different... Process. Take on that thing. Yeah. So it's not like when you're you like cutting cocaine with baking soda. No, so totally. You're not adding no, anything no, it's, to it's it. How, how much? Is, how much of the run you're coming off of the spirit? Okay. Uh, still, yeah. how much you're actually taking? And the middle stuff is what you want. But how much of the first part and how much of the second part is all proprietary stuff? Okay. Now, what kind of uh, pot still or reflux still are you using? 
Or do you well, plan we're going to have, we're gonna have a, uh, like I described, a wash still and a spirit still. Our wash still, I'm actually manufacturing, or I shouldn't say manufacturing, putting together myself from a, I've got a, a 15-barrel uh, brew kettle, and then I'm working with uh, the people who manufacture that brew kettle to build me an 8-foot-tall distillation column um, and uh, copper um, heat exchanger condenser. Nice. Um, to put together, and I think it's going to work pretty slick. And then with our spirit still, I'm having manufactured in Scotland by Forsyth because those guys, they're, they've been making stills for, I think they're in their fifth generation. The fifth generational wow. Forsyth is running the company now. And uh, If they don't have it by now, they're not going to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so they, they yeah. even today they build over half the stills uh, in Scotland. And nice. uh, I couldn't think of anybody better to build the still that, in my opinion, is going to really you know contribute to the most flavor of uh, the whiskey that we make. And uh, so we have a very specific design in place, and um, these guys are ready to pull the trigger any day now as soon as I send them a check, and I hope to be doing that in the next month. So, so you're uh, designing the still yourself? Or with yep. their with their help. Now I understand that there's well, a yeah clearly with their help. These guys know what they're doing. I'm just kind of telling them some of the things that I want added to it and shapes and stuff like that. Now the head uh, on the still is really important. Totally. Um, so I'm curious. <laughs> do, do you what is the what's the basis for that? Uh, I noticed it uh, when I saw the still at uh, at uh, Anchor uh, Brewing Company. They have different heads they put on top of the, the still. And so have mm-hmm. you? Uh, did you play with the head design? It, I, I did, and that was essentially my master's thesis. Oh uh, wow! Using so you using did a thesis on head design. Essentially, wow. Um, mine was a little bit uh, um, different than I guess head design so much as reflux because I, I worked with four different types of columns: um, a bubble cap column, which has a bunch of trays in it. Uh, um, like uh, essentially what they use in making uh, uh, vodka uh, because every single tray is a new distillation. Then I also had a column that was a condenser column, so you had cold water water running through the whole column, which creates reflux that looks like a rainforest. And then I had uh, a control, of course, that was just a hollow um, uh, column. And then I had a column that was packed really tight with copper. And uh, I looked at the, you know, the difference in the, the final spirit depending on the type of column that you used, and and that really helped me decide how I wanted to put this, uh, you know, distillery together. So, are you going to use uh, column packing? Or are you going to use uh, the? I'm going to use copper column packing in the wash still, but not in the spirit still. You're going to use the, and I'm so doing the spirit that because be, spirit still is going to be basically a pot still coming straight over. Yeah. Uh, both both the the wash still and the spirit still will be pot stills. Yes, Sully's but, but, column was packed pretty hard once, wasn't it? All I know is that Sully is in charge of cleaning up the mess from Doc and JP's head exploding uh, during uh, during that questionnaire. <laughs> now, we're not allowed to say certain things. Well, what is a packed column? I don't even know if I know what that is. JP? Uh, it's just like it You're sounds, in San Francisco. and I promise cool. I won't say that's what she said. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, Zach. No, you can say it. That's fine. <laughs> okay. In fact, can, can uh, I fate? In fact, it helps with the separation yeah. and the, yes. the different okay. packings. Uh, it, it actually, like you said, it's a lot of d- different distillations in the same column. Some use glass, mm-hmm. some use copper. So, yeah, some use Rashid rings, and others yeah. use co- uh, copper mesh, yeah. uh, whatever it takes, or a straight column. And that's all in the head. 
Most of the uh, it's in the okay. column. Oh, it's in the column. Okay, yeah. before the head. I, I've got one other reason for so doing it, and, and that's because the the still that I'm I'm putting together uh, myself is uh, going to be mostly made out of stainless steel, and uh, copper is important in the distillation co- process yeah. because uh, the the copper fixes sulfur, and uh, if you don't fix that sulfur, you'll end up with a very meaty spirit. Yep. Um, and so my spirit still, the second one, is going to be made out of 100% copper, whereas the wash still is going to be mostly stainless steel, aside from the copper packing and the copper um, condenser. And so it's my goal to get as much extra copper contact as possible. Besides, you know, like you guys mentioned, I will get uh, more reflux and probably a, a cleaner, pure spirit as well. What was as you look into maybe buying an old still? Is there any benefit to using a still that's not that's been around for a while? I don't know that there's benefit to it, but there's just not a whole lot on the market. You know, this craft distilling um, industry that's that's out there is, uh, you know, for all things considered, pretty new, um, and so there's not a lot of used equipment floating around. And I have seen some things, and that all that stuff is still damn expensive. And I think that there's because there's a lot of new people that are you know excited about getting into this business, and and so there's a demand. I got. I'm getting. Sorry, I'm weeding through tons of questions coming through for you now. I knew as we went through the process, everyone would wake up there in the chat room and, and start having <laughs> questions for you. But I want you to. Get, did you get me through the whole process yet? Because it sounded like you weren't quite well, at the filtering. end. Yet. Are you filtering anything? Um, well, okay. Um, Go back to where we left okay, off. Okay, we, we, we left off at, at collecting our heart of the run, the, the spirit that um, will become whiskey. And uh, okay, as a general rule, um, just to give you some volume ideas, if we started out with a thousand gallons of wash, yeah, what we're going to collect off the second still to mature will be just under a hundred gallons of spirit. Wow, that's a and uh, a wasteful. Well, you know, a lot of there there will be spirit that 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 comes back through. You know, the the heads and the tails will get put into the next spirit distillation because even though there's a lot of bad shit in there, yeah. there's a lot of alcohol in there as well that yeah. you want. Okay. And uh, if you didn't do that, you'd be wasting a whole lot more, and you you'd probably end up with fifty gallons off of that still instead of a hundred. Wow. wow. Yeah, that's like the ratio of things JP says compared to things JP says that are funny. What? <laughs> About what? Just in general. In fact, I'm glad you mentioned the heads and tails because I thought it was a question that was sent through to dupe me. But uh, somebody did ask me what you think about throwing the heads and tails back into the next run, and that sounds like it's something that you you have to do in, in your case. It's better that way. Okay. Yeah, if if you're if you're running a distillery for fun, uh, you know, for your own uh, personal use, which isn't legal, but if you're doing it. Um, it's okay if you just throw that stuff away, but if you're running a commercial distillery, you you have to. Okay. It'll also make the next run a little more flavorful, uh, mm-hmm. so you get you're gonna get more of that out of it. And there's no reason you can just keep it to the side and throw it back in. And Doc, you know a lot about this. I've read a lot. No, and there's good books out there. Now that's because <laughs> the, this this heads and tails that you're talking about are things that are not just uh, alcohol. So it's Correct. adding other flavors. It's, it's is, got a, the, the heads and the tails have a lot of flavor. In okay, them. and and as you said, it's not a, a cut and dry procedure. So you're going to leave uh, some ethanol in both places. Okay. So when you put it back into the next run, okay, uh, you're going to get the benefits of more alcohol out of that. 
Uh, you're also going to get some of the congeners that are going to give you some more of the flavor. All right. Unless you're going going for uh, just a, a vodka or something where you want a neutral spirit. All right. So now you've got your, say, 100 gallons here, and you're ready yep, to go to the next step? Yep. Then we're going to, you know, for the whiskey, of course, we're going to put into barrels and we're going to use a lot of different kinds of barrels. Instead, in fact, one of the things that I hope to do is to come out to California, fly out, buy a U-Haul truck, and uh, visit a bunch of different wineries that have a whole variety of different types of barrels. Uh, you know, port barrels, sherry barrels, and you know, other wine barrels, and and. Uh, See if we can, you know, potentially, you know, walk out with a pick of the litter and and uh, mature and try a lot of different things. Um, but we'll probably be using some brand new charred barrels like the bourbon industry uses and and uh, everything in between. And uh, you know, we're not going to for sure do anything for at least a couple of years. Uh, we're going to let it mature at least that long, maybe longer, and then we'll get to the point where we learn what these different types of barrels do to flavors and probably work out a blending strategy between different types of barrels. And mm -hmm. this part's a little bit of an unknown, and I'm really excited to, to get into it and figure it out. Is, but, you know, are these barrels then the part that add the majority of, of the artisan flavors and... And also the color. color? Is that where yeah. the color comes from? It comes out of the still the jar. clear. Yeah. It's just clear. Coming so it's the only the barrels that add this Hypothetically, color. Hypothetically, right, Doug? Yeah. yeah. Hypothetically. <laughs> I've still read. I would, I, I would say in my experience that the barrel and the, the maturation process accounts for a minimum of 50% of the flavor of whiskey. Yeah. Okay. And so that part is huge. Uh, and of course, the color and uh, is it a hundred percent of the color? Like that's the only place color comes yeah, from, right? It's a hundred percent of the okay. color and it's all the sugars the and stuff well, in the wood. Okay. Sometimes they'll they'll add back caramel color in the 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 cheaper ones, like the, Jack Daniels. Uh, no, not mostly uh, some of the Scotch whiskeys, especially if they're going to filter them. Yeah, they, they're actually allowed to add some color back into it. Really? But, but what you're talking about is uh, the color comes from the barrel. From the barrels. Yeah. yeah. Okay, now, and you're talking about maturation and aging too, which I, I see. Mm -hmm. I see that that's coming uh, from the barrel. And Sully knows a lot about that. When uh, <laughs> maturation, well, aging anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when we age, wah, wah, wah. when we age beer, we are looking for things to fall out of it and some some flavors to go away and some to come back. When you're aging uh, the these alcohols. Are you just talking about imparting flavors from the vessel that they're in, or does the same aging process that applies to beer apply in these also? It's the same. You have both additive and subtractive reactions that take place in the wood. So okay. you're getting rid of some of the congeners that you don't want in your whiskey, and you're getting a lot of the flavors you do want in whiskey. Okay. So once it's in the bottle, it doesn't age anymore. Yeah, it's done. Or beer That's might. It. Beer, right, beer, yeah, okay. yeah, but uh, it's it's... You're not going to get anything more out of it once it's in the bottle. Yeah. So when you do your vodka, you're going to put it in a stainless steel vessel, not a barrel. Is that would that be right? Because you don't want well, color and, in and we're going to be doing more processing to the vodka than we do to the um, to the whiskey because we want that to be literally pure ethanol, and so that's why we're putting the capital investment into a distillation column, and yeah. our distillation column will be 21 plates tall. And each plate is a new distillation. So you, just imagine you, you literally you have a plate, and on top of that plate you have um, a half inch of liquid sitting. But it's there. There's um, steam coming um, off each plate. 
the, yeah. yeah, there there's uh, uh, grates in there, so steam can flow through the plate, but water can't drip back down through. And so the steam on the bottom plate will go up through that and into that liquid, and then it will condense. And then only the most volatile um, molecules at that temperature can uh, evaporate again and go up, and it hits the next plate and then condenses again. It does that 21 times all the way to the top, so that by the time you get to the top, you have about the purest ethanol you can get. It separates and, it out uh, much better. Yeah, with that kind exactly. of cleaner. I just want to hangover. I'm just picturing the rednecks that figured this out uh, in the back of some because this is a very complicated process. But I know damn well that the first people that made this made it to get drunk. They didn't make it to uh, have a to enjoy a nice whiskey. They that came much like much this. later. Well, there's somebody who wants to make it better. Yeah. So they're gonna build a better mousetrap. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a cleaner well, product. And the barrels weren't even used uh, for maturation. They were used as a vessel to transport, and then they figured it out that the more time in the barrel, the better it got. Gotcha, yeah. And I'm pretty sure that most of those rednecks are in my ancestry, by the way, sure. I want to point out as well, <laughs> somewhere down the line. All right. Uh, what about the rum? So the, if the, the vodka, you don't want these barrel things. Uh, rum sometimes have color. Are you doing a clear rum, or are you doing a uh, like a brown? We're going to be doing both a a white rum and a dark rum. And the you know the dark rum we won't release until our third year. But even our light rum, we're going to put into wood for a little while um, because I I really want this rum, even though it's going to be a light rum, to be drinkable straight. And so it's going to be. Um, I like your style. You know, What's that? I like your style. I want it to be yeah. drinkable straight. You don't have to put Coke in this. Don't put your umbrella <laughs> exactly. in there, your fruit juice. <laughs> you I'm going to have it straight. Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. Most people will probably mix it, but I, if, if every single spirit I make, if I don't enjoy drinking it straight, which uh-huh. I do with most of my spirits, it will never go into a bottle. Zach's a cool guy to party with, I can tell already. Yeah. Uh, but but even with that being said, that's a great philosophy. Uh, that's a really good way to look at it, and that's probably the kind of palate that you want making your uh, spirits. You know, So the kind of vessel you want to have it in is a shot glass. <laughs> what are you going to put in exactly, your exactly. I'm going to put it in a shot glass. Yeah. Um, here's I, I, was dr- I, had, I had an opportunity one time to drink some... Uh, New make spirit. That's the spirit that comes right off the still before it goes into wood. I had a chance to drink some of the new make spirit from Highland Park, and it was good then. And it occurred to me, um, you know the old adage, crap in equals crap out? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I think in making whiskey, it works the opposite way, too. If you have drinkable whiskey going into the barrel, mm-hmm. boy, it ought to be damn good coming out. Yeah. yeah, and uh, so that's another thing that we're going to be doing that I don't think is always done. Okay, yeah, I've, had, I've had some Macallan that came right off the still. Yeah, I mean, it was mm-hmm. uh, that's good stuff. The Macallan guy said, "Here, try yep. this," yeah. and it, it was clear, mm-hmm. and it smelled and tasted like dirty socks. Really, it was. It had that you know, guy. You made that out of this. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but so you know, if it's coming off the still like that, don't count it out just yet. Okay. I say that about all my beer when I put mm-hmm. it into the keg. I've, we expect that. There's, there's still a chance in a little time. I have a lot of questions in, in front of me for you. And Great. Here, here's one that might work for where we are in the discussion. Uh, someone wants to know what you think about using a neutral spirit and adding um, flavor essences. So I guess you, you're not getting the, not the flavors through the process, but you're adding the flavors after the process is what it sounds like. Well, is is the question talking about buying yeah, new make so. spirit instead of making it myself? 
I, I think I, I, that's lot, probably the case. Yeah, that's what a lot of big places do. Yeah, that a lot of things, a lot of smaller uh, ones. Yeah, yeah can uh, take neutral grain spirits, and you can add these essences that botanicals or or whatever, and uh, you can make gin, you can make bourbon, and and everything. It's not going to be as good, but it's going to be a lot easier, and, and you're not breaking any laws. Okay. By mixing well, and, things. And every company has their own. Um, goals and core competencies, and there are some out there that buy um, all new make spirit. They don't distill, and they just add, you know, their flavors and bottle it, and and it's you know good, and it's 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 what they do to you know that's their core competency, and it's great. So I have no problem with that. Okay. Another question that came through it was kind of a weird one, but uh, what percent? I guess percent alcohol is methanol. It's a hundred percent. It's a hundred percent alcohol. It's a, no, it's a hundred percent methanol. Oh, right. Well, methanol is is essentially yeah. an alcohol. alcohol. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a different kind of alcohol. The anol part. You're thinking about what gives it away. I'm not thinking about anything. Generally, I'm just reading generally the... especially on this show, we're talking about <laughs> ethanol, and we, t- we just call it alcohol. Okay, but it's the ethanol. And that's Met- what we're talking about now, too, right? In, right. in this distilling right. process, methanol comes off first, and we throw that away. Uh, it's good for paint thinner. Whoa! Don't I make methanol? Uh, no, you make yeah. crap. Like, <laughs> there's trace elements of there's also, that yeah. in your beer. Yeah. No, I, like, doesn't my ass make methanol? Yes, no, that's, <laughs> that's methane. methane. Oh, <laughs> yes. If your ass made methanol, you'd be huffing your farts more than you do now. <laughs> <laughs> it's not so bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind of oniony, but still good. Yeah. And by the way, and I'm high. <laughs> those of you, those of you listeners who are going to bitch about JP's fart jokes, Zach just laughed at it. So yeah. there. So where? <laughs> yes, I did. So, so take that. <laughs> Jerks. And Zach Jerks. has a master's degree. And he still laughs the part <laughs> In laughology. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me move on to the other questions. Um, now, the, a question came through to, to ask you about distilling straight barley malt, but that's what you said you're going to be doing, isn't it? That, well, that's, that's what we're going to be doing for the single malt whiskey. Okay. Um, and then for the vodka and gin, we'll be using corn from Nebraska because it's Plentiful and a, a great sugar source. Okay. And rum is going to be mostly sugar. Yep, rum's going to be molasses and, and cane sugar. And we're going to be doing brandy, and we're going to be doing that uh, from French wine from uh, the south of France, the Languedoc region. Okay. Languedoc. 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 So when, you know, when you're doing your single malt, which, mm-hmm. by the way, what the hell's a single malt? Like, why? It's only one malt. Thanks. Only barley. JP is a genius. It's a, it's non-blended. Oh, it means oh, it means it's a single, single grain, right? Like a single type of single. Grain. No, like like it's only like if you had only two row, it's only two row. That's it's not saying. it's yeah. not like British pale and two or American two row. It's no, okay. yeah. blended is they'll take uh, different malts from different distilleries and they'll put them together to make a certain flavor. Okay, but you, you, basically, a single malt is just one of those components. So you get it straight from that one. And is barley considered the superior malt to use in single malt uh, batches? Oh, it's, that's what it is. It's, it's, you, it's always the, the just base, barley. You, the base wash is going to be from barley. Okay. All right. So what's old crow? Do I need to be here? Yeah. You guys know it all. <laughs> yeah, Doc, Doc does know some stuff. What's old crow? Yeah, what's uh, great? Really, really good. <laughs> really? Is what it? No, it's it's like kind of it's like wild turkey, but, but worse. you know you know what I'm getting at. What's a bad whiskey? It is then it would be barley and what? What else, Zach? Would they throw in something uh, like that? Oh. Zach. <laughs> oh, you guys, Sorry, you guys go too. This is great. Okay, it, it, it excites me that so many people know about uh, distilling and whiskey and everything because okay, it's cool. my job selling this stuff way easier. Good. 
Yeah, Doc's a big proponent of this stuff. Yes, that's, that's a good. All right, so either one of you, what, like, what's in a bad whiskey? That not bad, but you see what I mean—a lower grade. Lower grade. I think it's just the quality. Oh, of the no, cuts. they'll use a lot of in the blended. Some of the blended ones, they'll use a lot of just grain alcohol or cereal alcohol as part of the blend, and they and they'll blend in, you know, fifty percent is just the good single malts, and then they'll add in sugar, uh, grain, grain alcohol, or just cereal alcohol that they got from recall, uh, continuous still mm. as as that other part. Okay, so uh, it may still have come from all barley, but it was all mixed. Barley, or half of it. Okay, yeah, but some of the better ones have more, and the the lesser ones don't. But when you have a single malt, it's basically their proprietary distillery puts out that one. Okay, and the blenders will take different ones from the two parts of this and three parts of that, and of, of the different distilleries of their single malt. Yeah, to give their signature blend. Okay, and blenders aren't bad. Necessarily, but if you're in a single malt, they're all going to be a little bit different. Yep. But single malt is considered the superior beverage, isn't it? Just depends if you're snobby or not. But that's what you, I mean, those of you who are connoisseurs of fine whiskeys and bourbons and things, you talk about single malts. Yeah. As the. You know, it's really come full circle because for a long time, the only thing that was available was single malt whiskey. And then, you know, back, I don't know, early mid 19th century they figured out that if you put together a blend of whiskey you could make a consistent whiskey yeah. yes. and so the goal for uh, you know over 100 years was to make consistent whiskey and so they blended for that reason and then it was not until the 1970s that uh, snobs like us started to enjoy the differentiation of the superior part of the whiskey the all malt whiskey and uh, single malt became popular again uh, because of its, uh, you know, individual uh, nature. And, you know, the the corn and, and wheat, you know, spirits that are added back uh, for some of the blends are fine. But in my opinion, they dumb down most of the whiskeys and make them more affordable and consistent. Old granddad. So the, the blended ones, I guess you could say they're kind of the Budweiser of uh, whiskeys, <laughs> they, their big thing is consistency, yeah. and that they so they have to have certain parts of this to make their blend. Where the single malts are going to come off different most of the time. Although the bigger uh, Glenfiddich and uh, Glenmorangies and they're going to blend different vats together to get their their single malt because it all comes out the same too. They want they want to have consistency in their single malt. Yeah. And if you're really really a snob, you want to go for the single cask single yeah. malt. Yeah. The each cask is going to be different. Okay. And so you, you're trying to trying to get even down farther in the in the. And game. then you have like single source, like you know f- particular barrels. Single sore. Single source. 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 Yeah. yeah. You don't just get one sore. You get them all. You get multiple. But, uh, yeah, like, uh, <laughs> what, like barrel, what is it called? Like barrel. Barrel selected. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Where it's just from one barrel. Yeah, it's, of, it's of, of the, of the barrels they pulled. Single cask. In. Yeah, cask. single cask. Thank you. So it's, it's of, uh, of, you know, one of the casks that they specifically blend with. Mm-hmm. Instead of using three or four, they'll just bottle it from this one. I'm pretty sure JP has a still in his closet. No, I have a lot of things in my closet, but it's not a still. I mean, listen to it's him. It's all filled with skeletons. He's got no room for <laughs> yeah, the distillery. It's parts. Yeah. I like well, I, hanging out with Doc for a long time. Yeah. Him and Shay. So and Paxton, oh, yeah. Paxton, if you don't stop breathing into that microphone, I'm going to make Doc prescribe you a breathalyzer. Uh, not a breath, an inhaler for your, <laughs> your you know what I'm His talking about. His wheeziness. Yeah. You've been, in here, you've been in here enough to know better. 
I'm allowed to. No so breathing. Show of the year, man. You can't breathe show into the, the mic and you can't eat into the mic. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's a that's a B and A category. I think heavy, heaviest heavy, breather. Yeah. The Darth Vader of the uh, of the studio. <laughs> your microphone Luke, I am that. your brewer. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, Zach has fallen asleep. Is uh, he even there? <laughs> Zach, I'm doing great. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> Good. Uh, he didn't. He he tuned in to uh, interview us about the distilling process. He just didn't know it. No, um, no, the thing is that when I get to listen to you guys, I actually get a chance to drink. So uh, <laughs> by the time we're done, I should be well on my way. Hey, that's good. That's good. All right, here's what I want to do. Uh, i got to take another quick break. If you can stick around for just another few minutes, Zach, would that be yeah, cool? Okay, great. Yeah, I'd be happy to. I'm going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll wrap things up with Zach, and uh, we'll, ju- we'll talk a little more about the distilling. I've got I got to go back to beer a little bit because I've got a few of those questions in front of me. A um, couple of cool projects that you've got going on that people want me to ask about. Um, great. So I'll do that when we come back and, and just kind of wrap things up, make sure we cover everything. And, uh, of course, then everybody knows we're, uh, we got to get into a very stripper Christmas uh, coming up soon. You can guarantee I'll be listening after I hang up. Yeah. <laughs> you, you that in, makes me very happy. Ah, Vivo, yeah. Vivo, even the professionals are staying tuned for this. I hate you all. The reluctant stripper. <laughs> uh, we've got a whole discussion to have about it, too, which is great. And don't forget, we've got a surprise stripper oh, man. coming to the program. i got to make afraid. sure I stay on schedule for that as well. And um, and Chat is smiling now, at least. He's in a little better mood. And I'm pretty sure it's because Tasty showed up. Now, now, that, <laughs> now that Daddy Tasty is here. Beer is flowing. <laughs> he's, uh, now that Daddy's here. Yeah. And I also I think it's... fix, Daddy. I also, by the way, think it's interesting that Tasty showed up just at right about the time I said the stripper Christmas would be starting. <laughs> he didn't bother to show up for the first portion. Well, actually, he's been here, but he's been hanging out with the girls. Oh, with the girls. I see. He's in the other room. All right, so uh, stick with us. Uh, I'm having a lot of fun, and Zach's a cool dude, so we're going to keep talking about uh, distilling. We'll wrap up with some beer questions that you guys have sent through. Bevo is still sending them. Like this one, for example, that says, uh, Shat loves JP. Uh, I got that. (laughs) That's not a question. That's a fact, son. (laughs) And it has a heart and an arrow going through it. Stick with us, boys and girls. We'll be right back. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. If you like the prices you get from the major homebrew shops but live on the wrong coast, or if your local homebrew shop doesn't carry what you need, or if you just want to shop where you are appreciated as a customer and treated like a friend, head on over to the Do-It-Yourself Brewing Company at DIYBrewing.com, the new local brew shop for you and your beers. They have an extensive selection and are bringing new products in on a daily basis. In fact, if you need something they don't have, just let them know, and they'll get it for you as soon as humanly possible. Check out all their products, Recipe kits, winemaking supplies, and specials at DIYBrewing.com. With everything from Ferminators, Work Chillers, to Carboys, DIY Brewing either has what you need or can get it fast. At DIY, they're homebrewers helping homebrewers get what you need. Visit them in Rollinsworth, New Hampshire. Call 603-205-4168. And stop by DIYBrewing.com and get brewing. Do it yourself with a little help from DIY Brewing. The ugliest women that I've laid eyes on got to go. 
together and decided to come here. They're not pretty, they're not small, I don't give a damn at all. Tonight I'm only having just one beer. Yeah, tonight I'm only having just two beers. I don't mind the atmosphere in here. It feels so right, it must be wrong. I know I can't stay too long. Tonight I'm only having just two beers. Three beers, but no more. There's no way I'm drinking for my attitude's improving with beer. Now I'm glad the women in here, they ain't so bad Tonight I'm only having just three beers Yeah, tonight I'm only having just six beers I kinda like the atmosphere in here It feels so right, it must be wrong I know I can't stay too long Tonight I'm only having just six beers Twelve beers and I quit Oh, good Lord, I'm drunk as shit. I just spent my whole paycheck in here. I took a chance, I tried to dance. I threw up and pissed my pants. Tomorrow I'll walk one beer. Yeah, tonight I'm only having just one beer. At least that's what I said when I got here. It felt so right, but it was wrong. Think I must have drank a hundred beers How I wished I'd only had one beer God, I wished I'd never come in here Hi, I'm Sean O'Sullivan, the brewmaster and co-founder of the 21st Amendment Brewery and Restaurant in San Francisco. Six years ago, Nico Freccia and I opened the 21st Amendment on 2nd Street with the intent of bringing back the local neighborhood brew pub. Well, the neighborhood has really changed over the years, but the 21st Amendment still remains a great place for people to meet over a terrific meal and a tasty pint of beer. In the past, the only way you could enjoy the 21st Amendment's handcrafted beers was at the brew pub. Well, all that has changed. Now, the 21st Amendment beers are available in cans. That's right, cans. When was the last time you had a great beer in a can? Well, that day has come. We're offering our world-famous watermelon wheat and 21A IPA in cans. Cans are a better package than glass because cans keep the beer fresher longer, but you can also take cans to places where bottles can't go, like the beach, lake, golf courses, and sporting events. So join us in the revolution to take back the can from the big breweries and crack open a cold 21A craft beer in a can. The 21st Amendment, 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giant. Park. Wait till you can pour it out of your own kegerator. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, your friends will look at you with awe. And it's just hot. It is? It's so super hot. <laughs> the, the home of live beer radio. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. Welcome back. 
everybody. A uh, little break there. Don't forget to uh, check out our sponsors, DIY Brewing and the 21st Amendment. What? Right here in San Francisco. Uh, uh, those cans? Are the, those are the sponsors. The That's again? right, cans. <laughs> those are our sponsors right there at the break. Uh, we're going to finish things up here with Zach. Zach, I just had a thought. Uh-oh. Yeah. Um, Watch out, Zach. He doesn't have too many, so listen I don't. Up. And I've never done this before, and I don't know why. It's so obvious. Although those, that's, that's the story of my life. Guess what number I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Pull my finger. Well, um, a couple of weeks ago, we did a fed, uh, we did a, a great show with um, Ralph Olson and Ian Ward about the, yep. the hop and malt shortage. And then yep. at the end of the show, it was just complete debauchery. It got insane, and there were there were dirty jokes, and it, it just was crazy. So I cut the episode into two parts. Well, mm-hmm. tonight I'm going to give you uh, the option. It's up to you, man, because <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, a very stripper Christmas is going to go down when you get off of the phone here. And uh, mm-hmm. I can cut that into part two of this episode. And the reason we did it last time is I wanted Hop Union um, to be able to reference their their interview. It was a great interview. And I wanted them to be able mm-hmm. to send their customers to it. Uh, sure. I should give you the same option on the stripper show because I would like your people to be able to check out uh, your interview as well without being subject to uh, Bevo's uh, nudity. There will be no nudity. <laughs> what? Oh, there won't? I right thought that was here, part honey, of the... It's the only reason nude. why I'm here. I thought that was Bye-bye. Part of the... <laughs> oh. All right. Well, her debauchery then, Not anyway. Much for that. So you go ahead and mull it over because I got more questions for you anyway. And uh, Will do. By the end, you can just let me know, man, because I think that... W- why not, right? I mean, I, yeah, why not? I could give the option to Sully, but uh, no one cares what Sully thinks. <laughs> <laughs> Word. All right. Under the bus. And uh, I like the darkness and everything, but it's not the stripper portion of the show. So we get the studio Bevo. lights back on. At least turn them down. Radio, a bit. you can be it's as naked hot. as you want. Oh, by the way, I should also point out that Bevo, uh, that uh, Doc was actually giving Bevo <laughs> lessons on the it pole was. at the break. Very impressive, actually. It was. It was unbelievable. Um, okay. He's been to. Many, many a strip I've, club. Yeah, I've observed. <laughs> he's he's read about. Them. I have he's never been so. Seen is a that, or two. Do I do I sense a strip off coming between Doc and Beavis? <laughs> oh, Beavo wins. I mean, Doc wins. I, I don't. He Sorry, did. It's all Doc. He, he did have some moves. I have to admit. <laughs> <laughs> Doc could kick my ass. I'd be like, uh, okay. Call you, buddy. We're not there yet. Save it for the. Uh, possible part two of, of this episode um hey so, okay so a couple of people wanted me to ask about some things you've got going on in the brewery um mm-hmm. particularly one that sounds like uh, i'd be really interested in which is the nebraska lambic project oh yeah can you tell us about that sure you know it, it's coming along really well and and what i did uh you know i after getting to know uh jean at, at cantillon and and his opinion of of lambic beer is it's only lambic beer if it's naturally fermented, and he has earned the right to have that opinion. Um, so yeah, I, he has. I took some wort and I, I took it from uh, the, the wheat beer that I make, and uh, I filled some some large, oh, probably thirty gallon containers, and I filled a whole bunch of them, and I put them in the back of my pickup truck, and uh, so th- this is literally wort right off the heat exchanger no no yeast or anything's been added and then i rolled the canopy over over the back of my truck so the sun wouldn't hit it as soon as the sun went down i rolled uh, the truck uh, out of my garage and pulled the tarp back and let that uh, wort sit out in my driveway all night long just as as the sitting sun came out in the driveway up, I, 
What? You just left it sitting out in the driveway. I just left it sitting out in the driveway. That's awesome. Uh, you know, here in you know Podunk, Nebraska. Yeah, uh, which is not the case. This is a thriving city, but I, you know, yeah, uh, but, but we all know it as Podunk, so that's fine. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, Define thriving but, uh, city. Yeah. No, I, I closed her back up as soon as the sun came up. Drove back to the brewery right away and uh, poured it back into a sixty-gallon oak barrel, and uh, literally that fermentation kicked off within 12 hours and was done in 10 days. Wow. It was it was amazing. And was it how did it taste? Was it exactly? Yeah, I mean was <laughs> well, it Well, after 10 days, it had this beautiful fruity aroma, almost estery like a uh, 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 German Hefeweizen. Yeah. And at that point, um the flavors were just a little bit flat, um, you know, a little bit unexciting. Okay. Um, but it's been there for five months now, and the flavor is now starting to turn, and it's getting more complex. Wow. And uh, I'm going to let it go until it's ready, and I'm hoping that it'll be ready after a year. Maybe it'll take longer, but uh, um, at this point, it's uh, Nebraska's first uh, commercially, uh, will be f- Nebraska's first commercial true Lambic beer. That so. is kick-ass. That is do. awesome. Did you take any of uh, Jean's uh, advice at Cantillon when I was back there earlier this year? Like They only like brew beers at certain times uh, when it's uh, the temperature uh, certain uh, certain degrees. And uh, What did you do? Well, I did it in the spring, which is, you know, a time when, you know, one of the times he thinks is a great time. The most And so around. it was probably got down to, it was, it was 70 degrees when I uh, opened up my tarp and probably got down to 50 overnight and uh, warmed back up to 70 by the time I got it back to the brewery. And and uh, it worked terrifically. I can't believe how fast it fermented. That sounds great. Yeah. See, I think it's just a good idea to do because it's your it's it's your local uh, yeast jumping in there. I've had conversations mm-hmm. both with um, Jamil about this because I brew on my back patio, so I wanted to know what's floating around back there. And uh, with sure. Jamil and and with the whites with with Chris and and they've both told me, you know, just what you did. They're like, listen, man, there's a no, you don't know it, but there's yeast flying around everywhere, and even right here in uh, sunny Pacheco. Uh, our yeast happens to be genetically morphed uh, from the refinery that's around the corner, but uh, it, it, we still have our own local uh, yeast uh, flying around. So, I just think that's a really cool Does idea. Does that freak you out, Justin, and all? Because you, you know, got the German yeast sitting on the counter here. I it does, and I just try not to. Alcohol. It's one of those things where I have no choice but to live here. So you I don't can't think see it, about you're okay. it. I don't think about it. Well, okay. I, I think if you did that here, if you just did open fermentation in Pacheco, um, at, at the end of ten days, you get meth. Whether you wanted it or not. Yeah, well, that's our local product, and, yeah. and as our Brian, local export. as Brian Hunt from Moonlight would tell you, it's important to stick with whatever your local yeah. product would be. And if if in Pacheco it happens to be meth, this meth is not to style. I don't make meth to style. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's I really meth. you can have your meth. <laughs> this one's mine. I just really think that's a good idea. I'm happy to hear that you're trying that out, and. I'll tell you what I'd really of of all the beers, uh, I, that's one I'd really like to try because I I'd like to know the difference. I drink a lot of Cantillon, so I'd be curious to taste the difference of their local uh, yeast driven sour compared to yours. 
Yeah. Well, I can certainly make sure you get someone it's ready, but just be patient enough because it's not going in the bottle till it's truly ready. Yeah, hey, that's the way to do it. I would expect nothing less because I would hate to have to write you an angry letter about how shitty your beer is if you. Uh... <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, that would, that'd be a bad I'm the crank, <laughs> right, dear Zach? Enclosed is your endorsement check that you sent to us. <laughs> F you. <laughs> <laughs> Love and kisses, Justin. Uh, well, you know, so, m- most of Jean's beers, you know, I can't you know the you know the best ones are three plus years old, and uh, you know their Grand Crew is. I think I would if you know, people always ask what's your favorite beer, and you know, there's no way to answer that question. But if I really had a gun to my head and answer it, I'd say it's his Grand Crew. Really, I've yeah. not I've not had his Grand Crew yet, but I'm with you on the fact that before I discovered Cantillon, I could never answer the question what's your like what's your favorite beer what's your favorite brewery and uh it's like asking what's your favorite song there's just too many good ones well uh, and, and, you know which one of your kids is your favorite <laughs> yeah you know? i'm pretty sure i could answer that question everyone's got a retarded kid they just don't want to admit it <laughs> huh i like turtles <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, now I'm able to say if someone asks me what you fi- if uh, you can only have one more beer before you die, it's a Cantillon hands down. I, uh, yeah, I, I don't even have to Coors think about Light. It. <laughs> <laughs> Sully would have a Coors Light. PBR. What a jerk! I wish I were in that studio right now. <laughs> so do I. I would love it if you got to punch him in the yeah. face this why, time. Why, Zach? You want a, You want a Coors Light too? Yeah, yeah, it is. Because <laughs> you're a good old corn boy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, another question that came through uh, from one of the listeners, and a Nebraskan as well, wants me to ask you, you must have some kind of a, a sp- following, special uh, that as well. But uh, Or do your parents live in town? Safe too? word. He wants. <laughs> it's the uh, it's the finish it's the finish your sentence show. I didn't know it, but uh, it's the, it can it's be. The, uh, Let's, let's try it out. I'm supposed to. <laughs> Good lord! Are you loaded yet, Zach? I, I'm working on well, it. Come I swear on, to God! But but this whole thing, I, I've actually followed a little bit, so I'm not drunk enough. But give me some time. Yeah, all right, brother. We're, we're, I had to lecture these guys about that they weren't drinking enough at the break because a stripper show is no good if everybody's sober. And now sure. I'm regretting my words because I can't even. I, I got a story for that later. <laughs> okay, here's the question from a listener. I'm supposed to ask you about your bottling line. Have you got some sort of a special bottling line out there? Well, we're not big enough to be fancy yet, uh, so we've got a four-head filler that uh, fill, will fill four bottles at a time, but uh, we still have to pull every bottle off one at a time, uh, hand-cork it, hand-cage it, hand-label it. Uh, so Just handle it's it. A, a, so a lot of hand very, manipulation. What's that? A lot of hand uh, manipulation of the product. A lot of uh, a lot of work. hand manipulation. Yes. Yeah. A lot of labor. <laughs> a lot of labor goes into. You know, it. You know for, for the local guys around here, they'll notice that a lot of our beers uh, went down. You know, three four dollars a bottle uh, in the, over the last year, and it's because of this bottler that we bought. You know, we're, we're taking a lot of time out of it, but uh, you know, we still have. It takes us eleven minutes for to, from the time we start on a bottle to the time it's in the box ready to go it's ridiculously inefficient yeah that, uh, wow. 11 buck 11 minutes to fire one out is that what you said yeah 11 minutes wow it's ridiculous month. well you know i'm including get your workers all the, 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 go the faster start up <laughs> set up run it clean up but it's it's absolutely ridiculous but the, uh, now these are the ones that you're talking about corking and caging in the whole bit exactly like, that's yep. how you do all your bottling there but uh, i've got my eyes set on some more equipment that will 
um, automatically cork, automatically cage, automatically label. Now, yeah. granted, it takes hands to get it from one step to the next, but yeah. when we get to that point, uh, we'll be able to you know cut our prices some more um, and, and carry that on for the, the customer. Um, I like it. Boy, the, it's it's a lot of work. It is a lot of work, and I really like that Upstream is about to open a distillery. They have two locations and a new brewery, yet they haven't upgraded their bottling line. Like they're <laughs> they're like, no, f it, let's just go for it, and we'll work out yep. the details later. We'll get, that, get that other stuff, the secondary stuff later. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, it, it's easier to go forward. Than to fix your, you know, to fix what's going on as you go. Yeah, if, if it's broke, <laughs> it's easier to go back. It's JP's business acumen just yeah. coming right through there. JP's like soccer. Like if it ain't broke, well, you know, or if it is Walmart's broke, guy. just move on, buy something else. There you go. I, I, you know, I've been in Nebraska long enough, um, you know, nine years now, and uh, I love it here, and I'm a defender of it because we are growing and thriving. Yeah. However, there's one piece in business school that uh, you have to do is ROI, and unfortunately. Um, Nebraska isn't big enough to afford us the ability to only distribute Nebraska and afford a half million dollar bottling line. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, who are your uh, owners? Um, well, in upstream, um, there's uh, a primary owner. Um, his name's Brian McGee, and then there's some managing owners and investors. And uh, but in in the new in Quaff and uh, Solas and Barrelhead. Uh, I'm co-president, and Brian McGee is the other co-president, so we're taking this on together okay. um, with uh, another business partner. He's one of my brewers, a great guy. His name's Jason Payne, and um, we're really kind of stepping out and going for it, and, and we, we're really excited. We, we, and Upstream has been supporting this, and without Upstream's help, none of this could be possible. So it's a giant team effort going forward. When he gets mad, uh, uh, does he say, this is the house of pain? <laughs> Oh, I could tell you a story, but we'll have to do that offline. Oh, come on. Isn't there an Irish sing- drinking song, uh, Brian McGee? No, I think you're thinking of House of Pain, Jump Around. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's the only Irish drinking song I know. Bevo, is, is this a real question from Pestis? He said Pestis. Yes. Oh. If I wrote it. Oh. I already danced on the pole. Uh, Give me my pen. Yeah, that's one for Don. Okay. I'll ask it, whatever. Um I just hate it when they when they sound like they're here to dupe me, but maybe it's not. Uh, here's a question for you, Zach. Um, mm-hmm. he's, this guy says, I've heard that... <laughs> See, I hate it when I'm the one who's going to sound stupid if it's a... Ask him about the read it? short and curly stupid. lager. I'm going to rephrase it <laughs> in, to in case stuff. it's made to uh, make... Make you sound stupid? Well, because Honestly. I know that it's about mead. And it's about mm-hmm. distilling mead, and I know that you don't you ferment mead, you don't distill mead. So I'm hoping you, you, he's talking about using mead to as, distill. And he, the question is, he's heard that it can be dangerous to use mead. No, but there's, it's no different sure. than anything else, is it? Yeah, just dangerous to use, use mead through distilling. Yeah. Um, I think he know, wanted I, me to ask the no, stupid question about. Either. I've heard that, that distilling mead can be dangerous. Is that true? He was either trying to dupe either me or Bevo. Yeah, I'll just write down whatever they say because I don't really know anything know that anybody's saying. So now all of a sudden, <laughs> I, don't know what I y'all have talking to filter. About. But you, anyway, it's well, just another beverage to distill, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it is kind of interesting. You sound though. paranoid. <laughs> yeah, I did sound fair. Yeah, they're trying to dupe me out there. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, you know, you're heating uh, this honey product, and and uh, you know, as as you heat um, honey, you know, it, you it, it kind of drives off some aromatics and maybe changes the flavor. Maybe he's talking something like that, where oh. it's not the best medium to use because you'll get kind of uh, funky flavors just from the heating process. I don't know, Zach. Anything to add? Well, I 
I, I can say that I, I one I don't really know. I know that when you're making, for instance, brandy, which is distilled from wine, uh, a wine fermentation has more methanol in it than uh, uh, fermentation of barley. And I so, see. if you're distilling honey, maybe there's something more in it. Uh, more explosive. That I guess that I don't know. It's possible. I can say that it's too damn expensive and takes too damn long to make to get into distilling it. Um, yeah, but so what if you make? Well, that, that's the route I was thinking too. Is uh, you know the methanol on the on the top end of it. And it's if possible. It, if it's going to be more, if you if you know what you're doing in distilling, you're going to get rid of that anyway. But what if you had right. bad mead though, because you've like made this this thing sat around for a long time? Maybe that's what he meant. Well, that's why you're going to distill it. Because that's what I'm saying. Is it okay to distill mead? Of course. Okay. All right. Are we done with that? I'm pretty much done. Wait. Not yet. Okay. Now. And by the way, Doc, if by chance, hypothetically, you yeah. had an imaginary still at home. Yeah. There's an imaginary bucket of cider that was left out of my back porch oh, for you. Yeah. Cider? To, I don't even know what. To take home to your imaginary still. Okay. Just, In theory. Just now that I'm thinking about it, I don't want to forget. Hey, can, can I add something real quick? Please do. I, I have to tell you that uh, this is how cool my wife is. She's listening on the computer, uh-huh. and she's a, a fermentation microbiologist as well. Oh, and so she came down to the basement yeah. and wrote me a note on the whiteboard wondering if it was uh, uh, HMF, uh, um, I think it's heteromethylferferol or something like that. Oh, hydroxymethylferferol. See, I don't even know. Oh, that would, um, that, that would be part of the, the mead? Yeah, exactly. And, and I don't know, but I just thought it was cool my wife was listening and came down and tried to write me a note to help me out. Absolutely. <laughs> I think not only are you two quite possibly the nerdiest couple on earth, both being uh, microbiologists, but... Uh, you found each other. But cool. Yeah, yeah. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. Is she in the chat room? No, that's pretty awesome, actually. So she... right in the, do- the blog, it, it's absolutely hydroxymethyl for all for sure. Okay. That's what right. we decided. <laughs> Fantastic. Do you also count in binary, Zach, or what's going on? <laughs> and you have a whiteboard like in your house. Yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You can't live without it. And uh, all right. You guys are both dressed in white coats right now, and uh, you have uh, bifocals, the whole bit. Uh, that's pretty cool. No, She's got I, I your had bat, to take my Zach. sweatshirt off in my cold basement because I spilled beer on it. Oh, that's the worst. It's alcohol <laughs> so you're banished to the basement? And who asked this cousin question, um, Bevo? Do you know this question about the cousin? I don't remember what question that Maybe is. Maybe your wife could help you with this one, too, Zach. Uh, one of our listeners wants to know if uh, the cousin, do you know what we're referring to when we talk about the cousin? The cousin. Well, hops... Uh, well- Hops are the, hops have a, a distant cousin that. Uh, oh sure, sure, sure yeah. Okay, uh, so it's always just refer- on this. You know, th tetrahydros on, yep, this, yep, yep. on this <laughs> program. That's what. Uh, <laughs> I, I I guess I'm I'm sorry. We pride ourselves on asking every question that comes through, Zach. Uh, they want to sure. know if the cousin has a large following in Nebraska. You know, I, I'm sure there is. I, I don't really run in those circles anymore. I I sort of left those behind uh, before I moved to Nebraska. So he's, I, he's not going to talk I, about I how large is, he is. But, yeah. What's that? He says you're not going to talk about how large you are. No. <laughs> Uncomfortable. <laughs> now you said there's a large following. All right, right you two. Yeah. I should have let you. You know what? I should have let you guys do the he said thing. Yeah, because that was large. Now we're reaching. Because the resulting uh, commentary is much worse. <laughs> you know. 
The and by the way, by the way, Zach, if you decide to cut the uh, segment in two parts, we'll stop it right before the cousin question. <laughs> ten four. Yeah, ten just four. so that you know. <laughs> All right, uh, that is what I have in front of me from the listeners, except for the fact that. Uh, Bevo has to go poo. No, that's <laughs> no. But don't make any more poo jokes. It, you sent me. me the note. It says shot, not shit. Oh, you have to do a shot, <laughs> not oh. shot. Stupid. Oh. You have to do shot. Go do shot. Yeah. Go do yeah. shot. I just, I just read them. I don't. Way to go, uh, um, are we gonna play stump the brewer? You know what? Zach sounds like the perfect guest. And he is. Maybe his wife could help, too. Yeah, I was going to say, if we do Stump the Brewer, I think Zach's going to have to get his wife on board, too. A little teamwork. I think it'd be great. Um, Put her on the phone. Are you down? You got a couple more minutes, Zach? I I do. Um, I'm probably a little bit like Greg Cook here, though. Uh, I do great as long as I'm not put completely on the spot, but I'll do my best. It always kind of goes If my wife's up there, I'm sure she'll help. They're going to get you sooner or later. Yeah, don't worry about it because they'll just keep asking until you fail is kind of how how it works. They stress you and stress you until you finally fatigue. Well, if they can do it quick in the chat room, stump the brewer, everybody, or you can call in 888-401-BEER if you want to ask The waterboard segment. We'll do it real quick. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much what it is for the poor guests. <laughs> we should have a Senate ruling. We always see if we can last a long time, but yeah, we're over. I'm like surprised Justin asked me to make you a waterboard. Oh, yeah. Well, now that you mention it. That would be awesome. We did decide on this past weekend CBS show that uh, we want to do waterboarding in the studio to find out if it's really that bad. We all thought it wasn't that bad. So we might need you to actually build us one. One that's self-contained so I don't ruin CBS. Yeah. I mean, they're nice studios over there. I mean, we could do it in here. We just throw it on the carpet. We don't care. But over there, it's kind of nice. It's going to happen. Yeah. (laughs) All right. uh, So chat room, get your Stump the Brewer questions in. Bevo will write them down, and we shall ask. Or you can call in 888-401-BEER. And maybe we'll even give something away today. Chad, if we give something away, will you be in charge of sending the prize? Sure. All right, then we'll give something away, because as long as that happens. Should we do a hoodie? My most expensive uh, prize that I have here is what makes no. I hate Tasty. Tasty has great ideas that cost me money. You have a whole <laughs> shelf of swag you need to give away. No, that shelf is spoken for. Um, spoken swag. I'll give a hoodie. Fuck it. Yeah, I'll give a hoodie to somebody. Hey, you said. They're good hoodies. I didn't say we couldn't cuss. I said you couldn't say he said whatever. You know. By the way, Zach has left his house. He's now jogging through a field somewhere. <laughs> no, he's trying to crawl up the basement stairs. <laughs> trying to run far, far away. Yeah. Oh, right. my wife heard the comment and brought me a new sweatshirt, so I'm trying to put it on. Nice. <laughs> Great. Hey, she's awesome. She is really I know. awesome. Zach, what's your wife's name? Her name's Christy. Christy rocks. I just want to point out. What's right Christy now. drinking? Yeah, she does. Is she having a beer herself? I would hope so, but I can't say I know for sure. We're on two different levels here. Yeah, that's yeah, that doesn't help. Do you have a stripper pole? We got, in we your got face a babe or? sleeping on the top level, so awesome. I got to try to keep my voice down and whatnot. But uh, <laughs> Christy's like, sure, you can do the show. Just get your ass downstairs and be quiet. Exactly. <laughs> Don't disturb us up. It's here. like Bub in the basement. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, while we're waiting for Stump the Brewer questions, that will be our last bit of this uh, segment with Zach. I just want to point out that Doc has uh, given uh, given me, and I assume then the studio, our Christmas present yes. for this year. And Zach, I think you could even appreciate this. Uh, Doc's really very cool about remembering things that I, I sort of mention at random during the year. I see weird stuff, and I go, 
that's cool. I'd, I'd really like that. A duck, you know, because he can make everything on the planet. Uh, <laughs> he just always kind of remembers this stuff. And uh, being that I'm a little twisted, I saw a urinal tap somewhere. I think I saw it at the NHC, actually. Yeah. They, they always bring out this, it's a urinal, it's a wall unit, and it pours beer. And I was like, how cool would that be if the studio had a urinal tap? <laughs> you know, that's bizarre to me, because you're such a germaphobe, but you think that's awesome. Well, but, you know, you keep it's it clean. A new, it's a new one. Yeah. It's a new I don't one. care. It's it's gross. It's I won't selective germaphobia. It's a whole other thing. You, on the you know, thing. it stays a new one until you drink too much in the studio and half the guys start using it. I, and you know what, Zach? I they actually will. thought about the same thing, that at some point, someone's going to have too much <laughs> and mistake it for... When I first saw it, I was like, that's disgusting. I thought it was both. I thought it was a tap but and see, a urinal. Like so you cool could pull a beer, pour a beer and pee while you're... And that's, disgusting. that's cool. Disgusting. Yeah. You know, you know what? The turn of the century, they had bars like that. They just had the, all men's bars. And, and right at the, at the base of the bar, they had the trough, and you could just pee in the bar. Which one do you want back? That one? Okay. Well, pour your so beer and pee right there. If I wasn't a germaphobe, I would totally pour a beer while I was peeing in this thing. It would be a great thing. But Doc has built us our own urinal tap. Did you see it, Sully? Yes, it's awesome. Isn't it awesome? So now uh, the studio has its very own urinal tap. And that may wow. be the final straw that allows me to let this place be called the Rat Pad because uh, it kind of, I you mean, know, now that we have a urinal. You've accepted it for so long. I've never. Yes, you have. It. Yeah, that's it's yeah, okay. crazy. Well, talk. whatever. All right, I've got two stump the brewers for you, Zach. All right. You know, I just got to say on that, you know, that whole germaphobe, you know, we're, we're microbiologists in this house, so we're not, I wouldn't really call us germaphobes, but aware, which in the general public makes you a germaphobe. And, yeah. uh. You classify them into good germs and bad germs. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see. I'm really glad I uh, didn't decide to be a, or wasn't wired to be a microbiologist, because I would be holed up in a basement somewhere, just in a corner, shivering <laughs> if I knew, if I really knew everything that was out With there. A spray bottle of disinfectant. Yeah, oh, wait, you do that now. <laughs> okay. Oh, <laughs> all right, I have two very different questions in front of me for you, which is kind of how it rolls. Uh, would San you, Francisco. Would on. you like the beer-related question or the Nebraska sports-related question uh, first? I'll give you the Oh, option. the beer-related question. Yes. I, I, I immigrated here. I'm not up on Nebraska uh, sports at all. Okay. Other than I know who the new coach is okay. of the football team. That might get you through. Well, that if the question have... is who is the new Nebraska coach, I can do that one. I'll tell you what it was. Now that but, you know, my good warm up. Throwing up here, she might know the answer. It was. I think she's listening. I'll throw it out there if you want to wait, and, and I can ask the other one. But it was who is the athletic director at the University of Nebraska? The one that got fired, or the new one? Uh, can you name them both? How about the new one? <laughs> the uh, the new one uh, is a, a guy who was running uh, uh, for a, a public office and. Uh, didn't quite make it, but uh, is a great coach in in history. Um, hold on a sec. What's the coach's name? <laughs> no Google. You're not allowed no, to Google. the athletic director. I hope she yeah. gets it right. I don't want Chrissy to get a black. Oh yeah, guy. Tom Osborne. Sorry, struggling. Tom Osborne. Yep. All right, listener, you're going to have to tell us if that's correct. I will move on to the next one while we're awaiting the answer. Uh, what area of Belgium is lambic brewed? Uh, mainly Wallonia. Wallonia is the is the is the uh, answer from Zach. Or, or I guess more specific, the Lambique region, I suppose. 
Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll write down both of those. And uh, the studio's disagreeing with you with head nods and hand gestures, I'll tell you that. But we'll <laughs> wait and see what the listener says. Um, okay. In what country was the first uh, portable beer cooler invented? Oh, God. I told you, Zach. Wow. Yeah, they get the, they go for the throat, man. I know. Uh, I, I'm going to say the USA because that's what we do. USA! Okay. Uh, According to this listener, it was in Australia. So we're going to have to wait on the other questions. So far, that's our first confirmed stump. Well, they they portable United States beer over to Australia. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's see. Oh, here's one that's interesting. Who's to say the listener's right? Yeah, how about that? We say no. You know, I'm just thinking about the innovation in America with, re- you know, especially when it came to refrigeration and shipping their beer around. We did pretty damn well. <laughs> yeah, like we I believe you. that. Yeah, like I'm pretty sure that we invented everything. Yeah, right, guys. <laughs> More snobby Americans. Than we did. <laughs> yeah. So it's like Benjamin Franklin who said, uh, "Everything that can be invented has already been invented." <laughs> yeah. Every time we can't come up with an idea how to fix something, I, I remind everybody of that quote. True. I kind of agree with that, actually. He was fat. Yeah. What does he care? Here's another one for you, just for fun, because I'm pretty sure we, we'll have our winner already. But uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm done. Oh, and and by the way, I wanted to mention uh, I'd be happy to donate an upstream T-shirt to the winner as well. Oh, great! Yeah. So the winner's going to get two things. All right, one last question, because uh, it's with distilling. I thought you might like this one. No, tell him it's over. I'm sure we have a stump already. You can stop writing, Bevo. Uh, what was the name of the nephew? <laughs> Starts great, doesn't it? That Jack Daniels passed the business to. Ooh, that's a great question. I bet you I saw it on good. one of those uh, Discovery Channel things. Yeah, that's uh, what I wanted to ask you. I thought that was a good one. I'm going to guess with you, yeah, if yeah. I may. I bet it's no, please. I bet it's Jack Henry, Jim Beam. <laughs> oh, it's Jim Beam. <laughs> You're going to say, Henry. I think it's Jack. I bet it's the same guy. I bet you there's a long line of Jacks Jack in that Daniel family. Five. Yeah. I, think, I think it's Wild there Turkey is who, what the name is. All right, Bevo, we need some answers here. You've yeah, given like us all the questions, and those people should be posting answers. That one answers. has an answer. You're turning into Shat. Oh, this one has an answer. You're retarded. Oh. Yeah, uh, oh. we're all wrong. It was Lem Motlau. <laughs> yeah, that's right on the tip of my tongue. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm going to put that in the who cares category. The, the kids were question. talking about that at the dinner table last night. I, I should remember that. All right, <laughs> hey, so, Daddy. <laughs> here's the name of the guy that was passed on to the guy guy. <laughs> Lemon Matt Blau. Here's the ones I need. I know that Jack Daniels was only like 14 when he took the distillery over. That a boy. Well, my, my kid recently uh, has had to, to make a report on somebody that you know, changed American history or really significantly added to American history. And I should have told him Jack Daniels. Yeah. Or me. <laughs> I told him to write about me. He did Samuel Morse. I, I was going to say, like, Ken Grossman or something like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Larry Flint. Yeah. Charlie Papazian. You know, one of these guys. Dr. Bevo, Scott. I need answers to um, what is the... Them. I'm going to tell you the two questions. I need the area of Belgium that Lambic, and I need the athletic director. Those are the two answers I need. So we'll see. It's only a matter of uh, if he was stumped and who who wins the prize. Um, and for that matter, Zach, we can let you go because we can find out these answers. You'll be tuned in, and, and, you'll, and you'll know what's happening. We've had you for a long time, and you should get back to that great wife of yours, you know? 
Well, it's been a lot of fun, and and we're gonna you know listen anyhow. And as far as answering, as long as answering your question uh, on uh, should we split it, and I, I think uh, it gives me the best of both worlds because I have a very diverse uh, um, set of uh, uh, customers and, and guests, and yeah. uh, most of them would probably like both parts. But for the few that uh, might not appreciate it, if we split it. Uh, they'll work, and for the people that will appreciate it, I can send them to both halves. Exactly. Okay. Good. That's how sound I sound like think. a politician there, my friend. <laughs> yeah. You know what? And I see. And I'm voting for you. That's how I would think of it too, because I wouldn't want to exclude the people who want to hear it, right? But mm-hmm. uh, but you also mm-hmm. don't. You don't want to uh, offend anybody. So you know what? Perfect. That's the kind of the answer I was looking for, and I'm glad that that you gave it to me. I will split this archive in two, everybody. So if it ends abruptly on your part, Tom Osborne uh, is the athletic director. Uh, that's what you said, isn't it? Yeah. So I got one. Okay. So I got one. Uh, okay. So on the first one, he was not stumped. So uh, all we're waiting for then is the area of Belgium um, that the lambic was produced. And why is it taking so long for them to give you the answer anyway? They came up, they had the question, right? Because they're all hammered. They're loaded. I'll tell you what, because it's taken them so long, F them. Uh, Britchard's is the winner, uh, because that was the beer cooler question, um, and Australia was the correct answer. So Britchard's is our winner. We're gonna give him, um, a Bruins, a BN Army hoodie. He's gonna need to email Chad with what size he needs, and, uh, also a t-shirt from Upstream Brewing Company. Uh, courtesy of Zach here, gonna hand that you over bet. to you. So, good job, uh, Britchards. A big uh, round of applause to you. Um, just email Chad at thebrewingnetwork.com your size information, and then we'll coordinate with Zach about getting you the, the t shirt, too. So, very cool. Thanks for donating that, also, Zach. I appreciate it. Hey, hold on one sec. My wife is uh, writing down on the whiteboard the the correct um, answer to the the Lambic region. Oh, uh, good. Christy is better than our producer, even finding us answers from Nebraska. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> and she she's writing down Petaland. Petaland. Is that uh, what? P-A-J-O-T-T-E-N-L-A-N-D. And. Uh, Paxton and, and Doc, you both had some other answer. What are your answers? That's Wait, hang on. I think it's actually the uh, almost near the French border down that way. That's actually. Give me a city name. What's your answer? Well, that's what too. But I would say Brussels. You would have said Brussels to the answer. I mean, well, that area, the air around there. And Doc, well, I mean, I mean, Alembic. I mean, you could say that. I mean, it's. I don't know. Brussels, I mean, you know, where, Good where answer, Sean. is makes great Lambic, but they make it in a hell of a lot more places than that. And oh, definitely. I they mean, make, they make it in Lambic, and, and I, I would say the whole lower portion of Belgium, which is Wallonia, um, is where they make Lambic, not so much in Flanders. And, oh, I agree uh, with that. So I do. Agree. I'm not so sure I got stumped on that, depending on what the... Uh, yeah, I call yeah, it not stumped. Yeah. Jettenland? No, I thought it was the Seven Valley. Said? I think that's what Christy said, yeah. Yeah. What was Christy's city name again? Pietaland. Yep, uh, and that's right. And that's what they're giving okay. us the answer as well. So, so the whiteboard wins. Well, yeah, so so white, whiteboard wins. Yes. So I'll send Christy a t-shirt, too. Yeah, give her a t-shirt. And, Richards, you're our winner for Stump the Brewer with the uh, cooler question. And, uh, all right, Zach, listen, thank you so much yeah, for, thanks for, a lot. for spending some time with us. I appreciate that. It's been great, and, and I, I uh, made the offer to Shad or Chad, and, and uh, uh, I want to make an offer to all you guys as well. If you ever make to Nebraska, come on by. You can brew with me, drink with me, whatever. would nice. love to have you through. Can we brew with you and drink with you? 
Absolutely. Well, if we're brewing, we'll definitely be drinking. So. <laughs> there you go. I'm thinking that you know when you got that U-Haul truck and you're looking for those barrels, you're going to be yeah, able to Napa anyway. So, <laughs> oh yeah. You have to swing on by. You could here. come to Sonoma. Can I, can I use the pole if I'm swinging through? You can, oh, yeah. you can use the pole. <laughs> yeah. Swing through the pole, my nice. friend. <laughs> we won't thanks, be here. Guys. It's been a pleasure. Hey, it's been a lot of fun, Zach. Thanks, really, Zach. thanks again, and uh, I, I appreciate it. So uh, take care. Come back anytime. All right. Appreciate it. All right, my friend. Cheers, right, buddy. Take care, guys. There Have a great show. All right, we Thanks. will. Thank Bye. you. All right, that's Zach, and you can go to uh, Upstream Brewing. Just click on the logo uh, right there on our homepage, and uh, you'll be able to get uh, to the brewery and check out everything that they're doing. they got a really nice uh, a website, actually, and it's just upstreambrewing.com, or click the featured guest logo right on our homepage, thebrewingnetwork.com. You can check out all the information you need to know, and you should stick around that site, too, to find out about the distillery coming up, which they're yeah. still building, and they're going to open a new brewery. I mean... What a bunch of stuff they are got they going are on. they the first distillers you've had on the show? Have you yes. had somebody else on? Yeah, very I thought that was time. really interesting, actually. Hence the awful interview on my part. Uh, yeah, very first. <laughs> I wasn't uh, going to say that. Uh, I didn't really notice. <laughs> yeah, thanks, JP. Well, <laughs> thought you did great. Yeah, yeah, no, first time that we've had uh, uh, was good. a distiller on. So uh, uh, no, Chad and I both were excited time. about that, actually. So hypothetically. Yeah, hi, if yeah. if there was another distiller in the room, hypothetically, then it would have been yeah. the second time. Yeah. What does the head look on, like on the top of yours still? Doc, <laughs> hypothetically. There's that it's dead, a long that's, column. That's silent, dead air. The shaft of the, oh. of the column. Actually, it's a long shaft, a column with a head at the end. What's the shape of it? Columnar. Okay. Saucer full of secrets. we got a taste. Now we're tasting it right now, man. Tasty. Okay, here's what we're going to do, everybody. Um, if you're tuned to the program right now and you're listening in your car and you're wondering why it's about to end after this next commercial break, that's because part two is coming up later. So uh, stick around. If you, if you want to come back for part two, part two. Um, I encourage you to do so. But if you're of the faint of heart or you, you don't you don't like things that are funny. If, or if you're a sponsor. Or if you're a sponsor. <laughs> hey, I'm right here. And I'm hanging yes, out. Sully's here. Sully's ready yeah. to go. You don't like fun. Uh, you don't like hearing people have fun. Yeah. No, it's not for everybody. We're going to do a very stripper Christmas when we come back. Uh, and uh, We're hunting oh, babies on the air. I'm seeing a little uh, <laughs> I'm seeing a little taste of our stripper outfit right in front of me. Whoa. Just a little peek at it. Woo-woo-woo-woo-woo. Uh, that's all available in part two of this podcast, which is a separate download. Turn the page um, on the down low. Yeah. Remember that, uh, remember in Full Moon Fever, Tom Petty's album, uh, when CDs were just coming out, and Tom Petty is one of my favorites, and, and at the middle of the album, he stops and he goes, now is the time when yes. we need to, uh, in courtesy to those who are still listening to tape, pause for them to stop, get up, turn over the tape, and come back to the album. In courtesy to them, we will now pause. <laughs> and then there's like dead air, and then, thank you, moving on. I remember that. Yeah, not in those exact words. He was much more clever. We were paraphrasing. Yes, I don't. Uh, but you get that because your you're young. Sucks. Yeah. You're young and you're a stripper, there, sweetheart. Yeah. You're what? Fifteen? I'm not a stripper. <laughs> you're yes. all of. Uh, you're not allowed to be in here. You have to leave. Oh. Give me fifteen more minutes. Actually, the only sweetheart. Let me tell you something. I got the biggest wallet here next to Doc. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're hanging out. Yeah, you want to keep hey, the, hey, throwing Justin. out the wrong people. <laughs> Justin, do we give her a stripper name yet? Uh, we, we'll do all this when we get back. Let's let's get yeah, away from. Yeah. 
Uh, Scooby's all, all of a sudden he's chiming in. He's loaded. He, he's What's ready for do? it. He has What's the fog machine do? going, which I want to point out, Sean, it is the fog machine. It's not your cataracts. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting 20 minutes that for that friggin' joke. That was pretty good. You know, I, I'm actually glad you said that because I was a little worried. Because I've been having fogging problems. And I thought, shit. Where's Steph? Yeah. I only have to be clean now, but I need you to scrape my corneas. <laughs> <laughs> what, you don't have them scrape regularly? <laughs> All right. Only I gotta, in Tijuana. We got to take a break and uh, pay homage the to the, the last of our sponsors. And also, it's going to be a little bit of an extended break. I'm not talking 20 minutes here, but we're probably going to take a 10-minute break here. We got to do a little bit of setup. Um, and this is because I want to get the pictures ready for you folks. And surprise, surprise... I'm going to shoot a little video. Whoa! Whoa! Don't worry, Bevo. You still have final approval. You're right, and you can't do that. A little video. We're going to shoot it, and then if you say no afterward, then fine. Where is this coming from? Uh, I'm just going to do it on my on my camera. Like Isn't I, this how the guy from Go- Girls Gone Wild got in trouble? No, no, no. no. <laughs> Justin just, Gone Wild? Listen, this is a very tasteful stripper Christmas. Oh, yeah. So no upskirt stuff? No. I'm going to do just a little... Don't oh, be... be i got a whole don't, fantasy going on First there. of all, don't don't pout. Nobody likes a pouty stripper. And, <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to show you where the delete button is. So if after you watch it, you're just turning your back on me. You have, oh, you have, you'll have full delete function. This isn't going well. So do we have the, the Catholic school girl You're dead to me. So I gotta take a little time here, enough time for us to reset up to Get kick a dead out, squirrel. We gotta kick out Sam the fiance, uh, because he's not allowed in here. And, uh. He doesn't have any money. Hang in there. Hey, he sees this every night. What does he need to be here now? <laughs> he doesn't see this every night. <laughs> Stick with us, folks. Uh, we're going to wrap things up. It's our last show of the year. We're going to have a little fun. So Break uh, the last Stay with show. us, all right? Uh, we'll be right back for uh, Brewing Network's very stripper Christmas. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Did you know that every day a brewcaster goes to bed hungry? Did you know that that brewcaster is silently calling for the help of people just like you? Do you know that every day the unicorn and the rainbow have to blow sailors for loose change? For less than the cost of a half-calf, quad-shot, venti, extra-hot, soy milk, triple-pump, hazel, low-fat foam, double-cupped macchiato a day, you can help starving adults in Pacheco. Your love can be felt for as little as seven cents a day. Visit thebrewingnetwork.com slash donate to sign up today for as little as $2 a month. Private first class in the BN Army. Buy your way up the ranks as corporal, sergeant, ranger, or colonel with an easy-to-do monthly donation that keeps brewcasters alive and your favorite internet radio station broadcasting. No donation is too small to help those in need. Can't you find it in your heart to share your love with a brewcaster? In return, you will enjoy the wealth of knowledge that comes with every episode of the session. The Jamil Show and Yes even that other show. Thank you for listening, and please sign up for your donation at thebrewingnetwork.com slash donate today.
I'm going to tell you about my younger days when my health was good, but my mind was crazed by chemical interactions in my brain. Yes, I got high, you know it's true, but what I'm going to relate to you will keep you just like me from going insane. Cause you know beer is good for you. Beer is good for you. Beer is good for you.
ribbons And pops the ribbons went awfully good to me And honey, when you buy my shirts Make sure they're triple XLs Four or five people I know at work Have started calling me Orson Welles I got endorsement offers From Michelob Light and Strohs And Junior Samples family called And they're saving me his old clothes Beer, belly, blues What color my new shoes Cause my pants and my zipper Are things I rarely see So getting to the point where my own wife don't wanna slow dance with me. Cause I like to eat and watch TV and knock out a case or two. Even people like Sally Struthers say that I need to lose a few. Beer belly blues are something that I can't lose. If Richard Simmons saw me, he'd cry and hold my To me, yeah. Yeah, that's the ribbon's been awfully good to me. What have you gotten out of a vial of White Lab yeast? WLP 001. Cal Ale, baby. 23, Burton Ale. 008, East Coast Ale. Cal Common. WLP 810. It's gonna be WLP 400 with beer. I got a sweet hoodie for my vial. Huh? White Labs, your source for great brewer's yeast, would like to invite all homebrewers to join the White Labs Customer Club. Redeem your empty vials for great White Labs merchandise and products. Free yeast, glassware, t-shirts, baseball caps, sweatshirts, polo shirts, and you won't believe what you'll get for 5,000 vials. Members also receive a newsletter packed with White Labs updates and facts, interviews with professional brewers, brew-your-own-clone recipes, beercook.com recipes, and customer club stories. The White Labs Customer Club. Save your vials and get in the club. White Labs. It's all in the vial. Mix me your 100-grain amber recipe, and I'm going to eat it. And then it can ferment in my gut. It totally works. The beer is almost identical to the grain sandwich. Your colon won't know what hit it. <laughs> the, the home of live beer radio. Thebrewingnetwork.com. Because live.